Heard at Sports Radio. Every weekday morning from 7 to 10 a.m. Join hosts Robbie Lula and Damon Benning and our cast of Heard at Sports personalities as they share their fresh perspectives while keeping you highly entertained. Take a dive into the latest news in all things sports from the pros to right here at home. Catch Heard at Sports Radio with Robbie Lula and Damon Benning 7 to 10 a.m. on air, online, and on podcast. Heard at Sports Radio. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Coffee and cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. A three. Up and down. Boo, booey. With nine. <laughs> Audige, the step back. There's his second from range. And that's the thing that he hasn't done over the last five games. Looking, working, driving inside. Hook is good. 2.7 to go. Put Shafino for the win. Off the rim. Northwestern. Abo from the corner hits it. What a second half Shibuzo Abo is having. Boy, he has. Give up one contested shot. And Stevens passes that Trippian hits. Can you believe that? Chance for the Rams. Hands up, no fouls. Hands up, have the no last shot. Short on the three, he wanted a foul, nothing called, and that is going to be your ball game. 80 to 78, Boise State hangs on. We're back again. We're back again. And we are back again here on Thursday. Coffee and cream in the morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency, alongside Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers, and we are live from the H and H Chevrolet stage at Hale Varsity Club. Believe it or not, we are at Hale Varsity Club this morning. It's 18 degrees outside. There's heavy snow. Uh, I woke up this morning, walked down my stairs, looked outside, and said, "This will be fun." Yeah, this will be really fun. You know, how you know, it's crucial when. It's like for whatever time it is, it's in the fours, and it looks like it's getting ready to be daylight. Do you know what that is? Mm-hmm. That would be the street light bouncing off the snow. You're like, oh boy, yeah, it's why not is, the sun? Yeah, why is there light? Let there be light. That's what God said. Yeah, He also said, let there be snow, and quite a bit of it. So this is one of those for all the. Uh, oh, it's not gonna snow and snowmageddon, and get your, you know, your. Eight weeks worth of bread and milk. And why didn't they let? Or why did they let school out? All that. Blah blah blah. Yeah, blah, blah. they they got this one right because mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of. <laughs> and you know what? <laughs> it's Think hectic about it. out there already. To be in the Hall of Fame of weather, like yeah. you know, because it doesn't take much to be. Oh, it, it absolutely does. It, to be good, to be accurate in weather. Yes. Oh no! Not not in today's world. Oh, um, dude, let's, they, let's let's talk about just like they take some pride in it. I know. Well, they absolutely take some pride. I used to work <laughs> with a lot of meteorologists. Yeah, it's not. Uh, act- I'm not. I'm not saying that 
it does it's it's not a tough job. I'm saying you could be right like three out of ten times and go into the Hall of Fame for weather, yeah. just like you could for baseball. If you are three out of ten, if you're a 300 hitter, a lot of times you're in the Hall of Fame. Not, not a chance. Not for weather. It's what it seems like. It's what it seems like. Yeah. What happened? What, pro- a month pro- ago? what happened like two weeks to a month yeah, ago? Yeah, but everybody was wrong. It wasn't like <laughs> everybody was wrong. How is how am I wrong in that? I am relaying what I hear. Because because three, three out of ten is low. Like it's way low. They're way better than that. They're way better than that. Okay. <laughs> they okay, I'm, okay. they just are. I let's, mean, let's start I'm, not, I'm not gonna die let's on start, the hill, let's but start it's keeping like track right now. They're one. For I mean, two. there's gonna be some times where you're not right. And I think you're going to have to come to grips I with Dave that. Mur- I, I, Murray I, I know Lewis. you don't like that, but, man, 3 out of 10, would nobody's watching that channel. No one's watching. Not a gosh dang soul is watching if you're only right 3 out of 10 times. <laughs> like, that's low ball. That is extremely low. Fairly Let's say 70%. 70%? Bro, they give the weather 31 days a year. Out of the month, so let's say if Not you're if you're wrong twenty five, if you're right twenty five times, you feel like you're wrong a ton. No, 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 right? no. I'm if, not talking about sun. I'm not no. talking about rain. I'm talking about snow, DB. We're talking, talking about, about predi- winter storms. The only one that can constantly predict inches is Shane. It doesn't happen. Why is it always got to come back to the small guy? Well, because Shane, how because much, how, all you how have to do is be within an inch or two. How how high did the snow come up on your legs this morning? But I can't put my arms down. And that's 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 totally on me. No. I noticed he did part closer to the curb. It must be because he felt like the snow would give him cushion if he if he like put it in gear and it rolled forward. You know, the snow's a little, snow's a little soft. He wouldn't hey, be exposed you know what, to the Shane, concrete. Shane, tell me this morning, you wake up. He, what time? What time did you wake up this morning? Guarantee he cussed. I got up at 4 o'clock. 4 o'clock. What time did you hit the road this morning? About 4.15. 4.15. I wouldn't have even – I would have at least lied if I were you, man. How you how you get out of the house in 15 minutes? Did you brush? You comb your hair? I don't comb. You sleep in your clothes? I didn't have – no. How you get ready in 15 minutes? Nobody can do that. Zoe can't get ready in 15 – now she's a little high maintenance, but – Damn. <laughs> Hey, that was this morning. <laughs> What's it? Oh, yeah. I thought she wet her bed. I mean, yeah, just yelling her brain. Nobody's up. <laughs> mom! Mom! Well, I'm not yelling for mom in the morning. Hey, listen. It's 527. This little girl's losing her gourd. Okay? So I go in there. I'm like, I'm not starting any laundry. This little girl went to the bathroom before she went to bed. She looks dead at me. It's ridiculous. She has this little strobe light with stars. Her hair, you know, she's got a great big full head of hair. She looks like a disgruntled lion. I can see her. She's got her arms over her Looks like zero from holes. And she said, (laughs) she said, I think it was a dream. (laughs) I was like, wow. Uh, No, and I'm dead serious because I had just finished. I make these, those stupid drinks in the morning and. I'm like stupid drinks for a stupid guy. <laughs> I'm like, well, I know 30, I know thirty <laughs> percent. Okay, let's get that right. And it's weather sucks. I and I just wonder, like, if that's how it goes down. Like when I'm not around, do you just like yell your brains out for your mom? 
I mean, dude, it was. She had like testosterone. It was bassy. The first two were a little subtle, and the dogs were outside jacking around. So I'm like, I, cl- I closed the screen door, and I'm like, is this little girl yelling? <laughs> what Do is I hear it? something? What is it? <laughs> she didn't go to bed until like 9.40 last night, which is ridiculously late for her. Go to bed. Four years old, right? Yes. Yeah. Go to bed. She's an 8.30 girl. But no snow. Wanted to do something fun today. Go to bed. <laughs> Hey, do you lose your dogs outside? No, but I did have to go out and kind of prompt Biggie to come back in. He, oh man, I was like, yeah, they come good. Yeah, your dogs come up maybe to your calves. Oh yeah, maybe. Yeah, they're yeah, and they kind of bounding. <laughs> then all of a sudden, like a rabbit just <laughs> hopping through. All of a sudden, it was like, eh, I don't feel like really moving. I was like, are you serious? So that's how the morning started. I'm like, I got a false alarm and some high-maintenance dogs, but I gave them some leftover, uh, I had some leftover chicken that I had shredded that's white meat that I just keep when, because Big E, my older one can be a little finicky eating sometimes, so I like sprinkled a little chicken and he act like his he was done with his paralysis because he was traumatized coming in from the snow, so my man didn't want to eat. I was like, wow. I was traumatized after shoveling my driveway this morning. How's your back? Not fun. Not good. It's it's. I, I told you, I mean, you don't notice, like, how, How's your how driveway? much fluff. Uh, Is like, it? It's not like mine. It's, down, it's not downhill like yours, but it's, a little, it's an incline yeah. so that the water not can run bad. right off of it. And... Um, I was, yeah, I was just shoveling it to the side and halfway, I'm going halfway from one side to the other and it's just like heavier and heavier and heavier. And then you got to scoop it to like get it off the driveway. And, and I had to do two scoops. Like I had to cut it in half and then get the bottom half. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. You're just getting the top off. Are we going to bury the lead and act like Shane just didn't really say that <laughs> by the time he four, opens four his 15. eyes and the time he <laughs> puts keys in his car, it's only 15 minutes? Hey, how long did it take you to get here, though, in that car? A lot longer than 15 minutes. <laughs> 119, 120. Yeah, minutes. That sounds probably right. And good on the crews. Like, I saw there's a couple of plows, like mm-hmm. the big ones. I don't mean like the Not ones that the, ma- the retail people hire for the for the strip. There were like. I feel so bad for them. They've been out here for at least two hours, and well, the snow just keeps piling yeah, it's, up. It's, it's coming. Like, they're just in this little vicinity going in circles. So I'm so good on you street crews out there that are listening to us coffee and cream in the morning. We appreciate you because it seems like everybody else has worker shortages, so I'm glad we're good. And we appreciate all of you, whether you're listening at home or you somehow made it into the office, the wherever shame. you're listening. Shane, do you want me to come online or no? Am I cool just sitting you here? You can do whatever you like. That's uh, the type ooh, of day it is. you can do whatever you like. Yeah, I'm a Tiaga. <laughs> uh, 590 ESPN Where's Omaha. Where's the Patron on ice? That's what we need. That's the one of the lines coming up. You can Patron catch us on, on KFOR ice. from the 9 to 10 hour in Lincoln. We're live on Twitter and we're live on YouTube. And you know what? Yesterday... We gave DB the business. Yes, you did. After he accurately predicted Creighton's outcome like the weather people accurately predicted today's snowstorm. Um, 30%. <laughs> 
I think I'm just ticked. <laughs> I think that's I like it now. See, I, look, now we can be boys again. See, I, when the truth, when you just own it, <laughs> I'm good. I see. I get it. I I get it. Because um, I sure did say at the dinner table last night, folks are cheering as things are just being announced yep, that there's cancellations. Cancel, cancel, cancel. And I sat dead in the kitchen and was like, we ain't getting no snow tomorrow. <laughs> oh, <laughs> exactly. That's probably where the front came from. <laughs> hey, deadpan, straight face, I said that. Ain't snow tomorrow. <laughs> It's because what what did we know from the last time yeah, snow yeah. was announced? However, AK did say on the show yesterday, like, "Hey guys, it's state wrestling week. Yeah, it's it's state wrestling. You it, know what that means? It means it's gonna snow. Snowmageddon. I'm, I'm glad that folks from the south did get here because he's right. Because boy, he got kind of hectic early for folks that weren't in the metro area. I was like, huh, maybe it is coming. But then it was like ten o'clock, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I don't know what was on Fresno State, maybe somebody, and I let the dogs out for the last time, and I let them out of the front yard because I felt like it was going to be snowing. I'm, I'm a blinds closed. There's no lights on, so I don't know what the weather's doing. Same. I was like, blackout <laughs> curtains. Do you have blackout curtains? Yes. Same. Yeah, even Zoe does. And she still gets up Listen, at she, four in the morning yelling for dad. As you know, she's nuts. That's <laughs> part of the equation. Said yesterday she wanted to go to school anyway, even if they didn't have school, because Sadie is the only one that knows how to play. And she doesn't want to sit at home without doing anything fun. I'm like, God bless Sadie. Sadie's a little cutie pie. She told me the other day that Sadie likes to eat. She eats gluten-free. Ooh, gluten-free. Gluten-free. All right, woo-woo. So, I, yes, Uncle Woo-woo. <laughs> uh, because, and I figured out because... I sit with Sadie's mom sometimes at basketball. Sadie has celiacs. Oh, no. So it's just, no, that you're burying the lead. The four-year-old comes home and tells me about gluten-free. <laughs> what are we doing? Like, go play. Mix in some hopscops or something. Right you know what I mean? Hey, this Easy Bake Oven's gluten-free. So <laughs> go mix in some, go arith- make a brownie. some arithmetic, some long division. <laughs> we come home talking about gluten-free. <laughs> Who's gluten Guy that, and what's free? Guy that runs Russia? <laughs> no, different guy. Putin. Oh. That's Putin. Yeah. Um, no, what what I was going to say, though, is a nice work on the Northwestern call. Oh, because a couple of weeks ago, they're good, you, were, you were all in on Northwestern, and they took down number one Purdue, and then they take down Indiana, which... What Did it the hard way. That lead ballooned to 19 like or 18. I thought Kugler was going to be bored out of his mind. And then all of a sudden, I turn back, and it's 49-40. Indiana <laughs> and they're made a going run to commercial it. break in Kugskas. And we've got a game. I know. We've got ourselves a game. <laughs> I was like, well, wow. Northwestern couldn't miss in the early goings. Yeah. But um, – Boo booey, Adige. You know, we're talking about Wooten Free. How about Boo Booey? Um, <laughs> they like do, it, they it, have the all name too. <laughs> Easy. I mean, pretty Easy. much. If we we should do that though. Take five of the best names just in college basketball and make our teams, and then have people okay. vote on it. The, the all name team. Yeah, the all name team. Hey, and how about? So, are we back to believing in Tennessee or no? <laughs> I wouldn't say. 
we were never in on them being the number one team yeah. in basketball and number two team in basketball, but I'm in on them being a top 15 team. Mm. Um, taking down Alabama. Well, they're top ten right now. I was gonna say like six or seven. Like, yeah, yeah, but I because <laughs> they're if, gonna be on the three line, right? But if or they, two. If they ended up losing a couple of games and were, you know, thirteenth or fourteenth, I would still say that's Tennessee. But lately, yeah, top ten, of course. Tennessee, I mean, you take down Wisconsin. Bama, and that Bama team's good. John Fant has been high on, ba- uh, Scrap- on Bama. Scrappy, very scrappy, um, and also a team that plays with um, just kind of like a no sense of awareness for their body. Like, they are all they, in on diving play. on that's, the floor, that's, that's playing Oaks, aggressive. Uh, and that's what makes Bama so dangerous. <laughs> they they had, a, like, a pull-up two-pointer, and they were like, a rare <laughs> two-point field goal oh. for the Crimson Tide. Are we going to talk about rare two-point field goals? How about we look at Creighton women's basketball and how much they like to shoot it from beyond hey, the arc? So, hey, so when's the last time? Maybe never, because we haven't even been together, like, a year. Certainly not on air, but we were, I mean, mm-hmm. we were together a lot early. Before we started. Feels like five years. Oh, ouch. Burn. Burn, baby. No, that's a good burn. thing, right? Uh, sure, as long as you're not annoyed. <laughs> no, it wasn't an annoyed thing. We, I was just saying, we, like, relationship-wise. Hey, man, I've, I've known you five minutes. Why does it feel like three years? God. <laughs> you're talking about the connection, right? Yeah, we're I'm talking about practice, five. man. Pra- not a game, not a game. <laughs> What's that's what that is. It's just a free for all. These people waking up to a snowstorm. Well, they're in bed. He's like these yahoos. Look, we're we're at the office this morning, and you're in bed. Hey, Shane, do we have Alexa capabilities yet? Northwestern. Hey, Alexa, please play coffee and cream. Uh, searchy coffee and cream. Boop. Funny thing. Boop. So Ashley has. We have Google Home set up around the house, yeah. and she's always like, "Hey Google, hey Google," and come to find out what she was asking, "Hey Google" for wasn't actually a Google Home. It was just so that the internet could be better in the rooms upstairs. <laughs> Leave that to Bill. He's a G. So when's the last time you and I text back and forth about a women's game? Like we were doing that mm-hmm. wasn't Nebraska. Because I, I think we have talked about some meltdowns in the fourth quarter for Nebraska women's mm-hmm. basketball team. And I'm not an officiating guy. And I found myself not happy with officiating. I'm telling you, DB, you sent me that <laughs> highlight, and I go, within 30 seconds, I go, it was bogus. <laughs> Just so I didn't, my I didn't even have a huge problem with the foul that set up the free throws. It was the charge. On uh, the break well, that was, I was... It was both for me, but yes, that one be, was Because, bad. you know, listen, they slowed it down 67 times during the broadcast, and I'm like, okay. She did, like, high-five her fingertips after she was bailed out on what I almost thought was going to be a travel call. I just can't stand yeah, when they bail players out like I that. I thought for sure, based on her steps, yeah. it was... In the making of becoming a travel, and then all of a sudden she just went up for oh, the shot I, off but, her wrong Believe foot. me, I pulled back. The, oh, three times. Yeah, three I, times because I, I'm like, huh, that I'm, doesn't I'm look right. This thing, and I was like, did she? How many? Was and it was only two. Of? Like it was two, and so, and the ball was out of her hand, and she got the whole, you know, the tips. And I was like, and I know Shane, yeah. whatever he said yesterday about the tip, but 
Heads or tails? Yeah, dude, it's wild. <laughs> that was not a good final two minutes in stores. It wasn't. Final minute, really, is where you can compile all of that. And, uh, well, there was a, what was the violation early when it was still in the 50s? And I was like, ah, here we go. And the crowd was like all in. And, and Creighton was unflappable. And Flan, for as much as, Flan rolled his sleeves. I thought he mm-hmm. was having a Bill Ranby Channel 7 moment with bad weather. Because, you know, he had the sweet shirt on. And <laughs> I mean, and Flan is pretty chill. And he was going to lose his hot. everlasting yeah. mind. He uh, got hot. They and, had a chance and to And as he up. should, because, like you said, I mean, we'll go back to that charge call. If you slow up and still hit Can't the player, it. Can't stand it. it's not a charge. If you run through the player, then okay. Like, uh, I, it is what it is. I, I, I but the like, pass was made. Momentum was being slowed, but you can't just stop on a dime. And, and they had numbers. And there was, like, what, 16 seconds? Yeah. Yeah. That would have yeah. been huge. Mm. I'll take it. And yeah. there were some great finishes. How about Marquette? That was a good one. And you know what? I, I wanted to call it Sule Booms, Xavier's chances at Mar- beating Marquette. Dude, because, man, was he poor in the final two minutes yeah, of play. And he's typically saucy. Oh, my gosh. He's, he's kind of tinkling away his, his Big East Player of the Year chances. Hard to watch. He was the hard la- to watch. Last, last, I mean, he had the big stage against Creighton a couple weeks ago, and that wasn't great. Last night. Eh. A lot of panic when he had the ball. And he's smooth as Melanta, too. Right. Like, he's usually pretty chill with the rock, but. Hey. Those double teams, whoo. Hey. You, you would have thought, like, somebody was, like, a, a football linebacker was running at him because he just got, ho, oh, oh, ho, just Terry, throwing the ball Terry, away. Terry Tate. Oh, my goodness. Somebody at the Chiefs parade. Yeah. Oh. Dude, what are Chiefs my. What are, what are, so, I'm still. That's looking, a whole nother story. <laughs> I'm looking at this weather, Drew Down. What are our wrestling. So, are they. Are they just going to post up at the CHI? I don't know. Should we talk to Brett? He's on line one here to talk about state wrestling. Well, let's talk. Okay, we could talk to Brett. I was trying to get a weather forecast. Maybe Brett knows something. <laughs> Brett, good morning. What's up? Hey, good morning, Damon. I'm. Finally calling in with a ref story. So little backstory, Andrew. I I uh, I called in and, and, and Damon I thought was gonna die laughing. Gary didn't believe me because of the the wonderful crazy people out here in western Nebraska, but you guys have been talking about officiating and the craziness that thereof and I actually ref basketball and it's gotten bad enough. So football kind of a backstory on this, we, we had moms uh, standing in the end zone, swearing at 12-year-olds. Uh, we had coaches right. <laughs> trying to fight during the middle of a 5th, 6th grade football game. And we had kids cleaving each other because I guess that's what you do in western Nebraska when you're not. You What's know, in the water out there in North Platte, Brett? No idea. And, Andrew, I'm kind of just say this sarcastically, but I'm also the guy that decided to, uh, you know, give Damon a North football hat mm-hmm. the same day we decided to beat him. That's I'm just sweet. waiting for him to wear it. That, that's <laughs> sweet. For him to wear it. He knows hey, I'm a hat. If you, if you get me one, I'll wear it on Listen, the show every it, day for you. But it, it, it is it is legit. Got the mesh back with the it's, cool blue front. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. Your, and ta- your tailgate uh, was legit like too, Brett. He brought yeah, me some barbecue. Yeah, do you like those ribs? Oh, yeah. 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 So, so it's funny. So I'm roughing a basketball game and – 
I try to look halfway decent and I wear a long sleeve shirt to cover up my tattoos just because I at least want people to think I'm halfway respectful. <laughs> and um, we're repping this game and this lady is like yelling at me. And I'm like, what in the heck is going on here? And about halfway through the first quarter, she's like, hey, open your eyes. And uh, I almost get kicked out from officiating because I turned to her and I said, I'm kind of Asian. I'm doing the best I can. I'm sorry. <laughs> Come to find out, she follows me into halftime. Oh. <laughs> and she's an element to just chew me out. No kids in the game. Yes. But not only no kids in the game, she's an elementary Wait, school Ellen? principal. That, that's great. She's an elementary school principal in the front row yelling at me, telling me to open my eyes more. Brett, I... Uh... And I'm like, well... I ref Brett. Did, I she, did, Brett too. did she mean something by that? Do you think was there deep seated? Was there a deeper meaning? Oh, dude, you've seen me. You can yes. tell I'm Asian. Like, I was born in Crete. You can tell I'm Asian. Like you know, that's and I didn't, I was gonna let you say that. I was gonna put you on blast. <laughs> oh yeah, but uh, my my question for the day, though, in all seriousness, just to share that as a funny thing on a cruddy Thursday morning is, I want to know why the state doesn't get more run with more publicity on your guys' show or other shows in wrestling. Yep, we're because on. Because when you look at wrestling as a state, there's like, I bet you if you look, your wrestling guy Eric would even probably validate this. There's probably more Division One or high-level wrestlers that come out of the state of Nebraska, more so than football, more so than basketball. Um, you got like Miles, Miles Anderson, and Joel Adams from yeah. Millard South. We got a kid here that's 43-1. and one. There's a kid in Sutherland that's a junior that just broke the Class C well, record. And, and stay, stay tuned, Brad, because we'll be the only, not the only show, but one of the few had Mark Manning. Mm-hmm. We had Higdon on from the NSAA. And right. today, in our last hour, we'll talk to Cody Manquist. Uh, Manquist from our Nebraska wrestler. We'll get you covered here, Brett. Appreciate the call. Yeah, have a good one, guys. Thanks, buddy. Hey, when we come back, uh, we will give you the poll question and set the lineup. That's next. Coffee and cream with Rodgers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Get your ass behind the wall. Let's get it, baby. Let's get it. Let's get it. Love the moment, man. Hey, welcome back to the show, 888-638-4876. If you'd like to get involved, we just talked to Brett, but we want to hear from you too. If you have a story to share or if you have any questions you'd like to ask, 888-638-4876. Brett's a very humble winner because there's always a backstory, right, as you're figuring out with all these callers, right? So Brett and I met on air. In in my former life, we follow you know we we going back and forth on Twitter, and he was telling like these funny stories about his parents. I can't, b- Shane, your <laughs> doppelganger is out there <laughs> snow blowing, right? That is totally Shane. I, please look this way. Bless his heart. I think he's in that, jeans too. That's not me, Shane. Well, you probably Shane, couldn't push that blower, but just when he walked the other direction. Oh yeah. No, my uh, doppelganger's in Miami. Well, who's that? Welcome to Miami. Miami coach. Oh, coach. yeah. He does look. Jim? No. <laughs> uh, NFL. He does look like. Um, uh, oh, uh, Mike McDaniel. Yeah. He does. <laughs> you kind of do. He does a little bit with his hat on. So, 
You know, he was telling us kind of these crazy officiating stories, and something was always happening out there. A couple of brawls. And then he's like, hey, you know, my son's a big fan, big Nebraska. His son's a really good football player. And uh, so we get off. We So I drove separate to North Platte. I always take a couple of coaches. I take my OC and my offensive line coach. We, we drive separate. And we get out, and, and so I meet him. He gives me this great hat, and his son's a little stud. And, and uh, he brings me some barbecue because they have a tailgate. And they proceed to to whip our butts, right? Afterwards, all these these kids like want to take pictures and stuff. You know, it's a Nebraska thing, and I'm like, oh man, you know, we just took it on the chin, we got it ran down our throat. Hey, but you do it for the kids. Oh God, it was so tough, right? So my so my back is hurting to the field, and I'm talking to their athletic director and principal, and I was like, hey, you know, this is a fantastic setup. Love the fan support, like you guys do it right. This this is a this was a really tough team, and because uh, physically we got whipped pretty good. My man at the very end, he's like, "Hey, can we get some pictures?" And I was like, <sighs> "Sure." You gave me good barbecue, but we just got our ass kicked. <laughs> <laughs> Every photo looks like a mugshot. It's like, hey, why are you not showing any teeth? Uh, Tilford just ran for about 200 yards. That is Look, he's totally. Taking a picture of it was Shane totally <laughs> dude. So, but this the parent the I'm telling you the officiating thing. That's not me. Is real. <laughs> the officiating thing is real. You know. Oh, I know. I was about to tell him I'm a basketball official too. So, like, but you didn't have any episodes, did you? L- like crazy stories like that. Like you, it was pretty plenty. chill. Oh, no. not not the Last, recent a couple trip. Weeks ago? No, well, I told you, I told you one uh, where I was calling. I like, I don't like handsy fouls. Like, I don't like everybody. Yeah, you're like business. talking to the kids as you're. Right. You're like, hey, hands, hey, three seconds. I know. I talk hey, hands to the kids, and then I'll call it right. But like, if you're getting all up in their grill, like, hey, you gotta play good defense. Yeah. Like, stay low, play good defense, stop reaching <laughs> because more times than not, even if you touch the basketball, you're getting some body contact too. So I called two straight fouls, and the coach is like. Coach goes, man, if you keep calling all these fouls, I'm not going to have any players left. I said, maybe you should have brought more guys to the game. Yeah, that is that, – <laughs> why am I not surprised? That is such a roo-roo answer. <laughs> like, that's the kind of stuff you say. Well, we, I'm like, so I mean, I've, I'll give it right back. So I've seen two high school games, and we played in both of them. We, we played at Papio South on a Saturday – Coincidentally, it snowed a little bit. Uh, 48 total fouls called. 48 fouls in a high school game. We played the other night uh, against Millard West and over 40 fouls called. Like that's, and I guess maybe we should stop fouling or there, or Millard West or Papia South. And mm-hmm. I'm like, Fodge, is it a West Side thing? 40, so, you know, in two games, you have almost 90 fouls. Were you okay with the foul calls? Or were you like, no, ah, let's not, just I let mean, play. Not, not particularly, but I didn't get into. There were 14 team fouls with 344 to go in the, in the second quarter. So I knew it was going to be a long. Oh, okay. Yeah. I knew we were on pace for. I looked high at, number. I looked at one of our coaches next to us and I go, boy, that is. That is. 344 to go, and 
we're going to be in the double bonus. This, we're going to be here a while. <laughs> it's like 7.15 game. You're done at like 8.50. But, I mean, it is what it, I, I, I do think kind of like last night, which was what made me mad about the Craig UConn game, is all I could think about is two things. Number one, test the waters early and see what the vibe is. Because I think you can kind of get a vibe on how games are going to be officiated mm-hmm. by how it's called early. Which brings me to point number two. Why do I hate when people say at blank juncture in the game, right. you cannot call blank? I'm like, I still am mortified that Greg Olson said that I, during the broadcast. Mm-hmm. Because I, I do like him, so I, I protect him. It's like, you know, unicorns well, and he, every he, other He was on the point species. where he could say whatever he wanted because he just went from 10 mil to 3 mil. <laughs> he's like, see, he's like, he's just salty now. He's so like, I'm going to say whatever I want. So <laughs> it's like, yeah, you can't do that because when you do stuff like that, that's the stuff that not only drives fans crazy, but it sets officials up for failure because that's not how they think. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm sure most of those guys and gals don't want decisions being made on their whistle and whatever crux of the game. But they're not going to not call it because of where it is in the game. You, you just don't want to put that kind of pressure on people. Like, just, just that's why you play the game, right? Just, if it's a foul, if it's a foul. If it's not, it's not. Uh, and and the juncture when you start getting into that talk, you just you further fuel fans to be upset when things don't go their right. way. Yeah, the only thing that you can dive into with fouls is was it a hard foul or was it a soft foul? You can talk about it, but what did I say in both of those words or both of those statements right there? Foul. I said foul. Yeah. No matter what, it's a foul. Whether the ref thinks it's a whether you think it's a soft foul. Or a hard foul. The ref called it a foul. Foul. And and listen, I I mean, I'm desensitized, you know, because I I know who my kid is and I know how he plays. So and he's been like that his whole life. So I I'm a little I give a little bit more grace um, to officiating just because I know he makes some plays defensively. You're probably not used to seeing, but he does defend a certain way. And he's got to understand that going in. You watched it on mm-hmm. Maniquit from Real Salt Lake. Guy's got high major offers, but that's how he that's how he defends. So, and plus, I'm stuck between a rock and a hard spot because a lot of these guys are we're probably not hanging out going to get lunch. Although a couple of guys, like one one of my buddies, like shoot, I took down a link into a practice. Now he officiates, so he could get to practice on his own. But so I feel like. I'm not. I don't want to not defend my guys, but sometimes it's just bad. But either way, it doesn't keep me up at night. Right. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Like I'm good either way. Like we'll we'll figure it out. It's we'll, fine. We'll talk to Brandon Vogel at 7:45. He's coming up next in our uh, our first hour here on Coffee and Cream. Uh, we'll get into some Nebraska football talk. Whether that it is in regards to the Matt Rule method that was broken down in detail by Evan Bland yesterday from the Omaha World-Herald, cutting down on walk-ons. And, you know, we kind of talked about it a little bit, too, how the transfer portal can affect 
the 2024 recruiting class. Uh, we'll talk uh, sports six-pack at 8.30. That is presented by Zipline Brewing. Brian Edwards and Michael Brunts back-to-back at 8.45 and 9 o'clock. And then at 9.30, we haven't gotten into this as much, and DB even made comment about it this morning. We're going to talk about the movement in the NFL. And the coaching changes and the lack thereof and the free agents that are alive, maybe even a little mock draft. There's so much still to talk about in the NFL, even though it's not in season. I I almost guarantee you we're not going to agree. Because there are some things that are really under my skin that I'm over. (laughs) I'm just over it, Ruru. And then we'll talk to Cody Manquist. Coffee and cream, um, coffee and cream. Nebraska wrestle. Coffee and cream. And e-wrestle, I should say. Um, at 9.45. Hey, our poll question of the day. Are you in favor of or against betting on Husker home football games and other in-state? Why are you dragging my guy into this? By Nebraska <laughs> college and university teams when it becomes available in-state. We'll talk about that maybe a little ah. bit with Brandon Vogel or right at the top of the 8 o'clock hour. But you can vote at H Varsity Radio. Brandon Vogel, up next. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coffee and cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Oh, DB, you're going to have some fun with this. We just got a message in on Twitter. Are you replying to it? Which one? Uh, from uh, Travis. From Travis. Did you see it? Uh, yeah, Travis. I like. Tra- I, so here's the thing about Travis. Can he's um, he doesn't always agree, but he does think. So I'm right. I'm cool. Just. No, but I I just know that you're gonna like what he said. He, he said if it's if it's called a foul early in games, you call it late in games. Also, if you're not calling that foul early, don't call it late. Be consistent. So that's the ultimate like. Logic. Let me put a bow on this bad boy. Fans will tell you even though they get upset real time, and you'll try to. Talk them, walk them, debate them off the ledge. Give analogies, examples. At the very end, when they land the plane, do you know what it is? Just be consistent. (laughs) So if that's what we're saying, which my man T-Rav is, Trouble T-Rav, a.k.a. Travis, why don't we just start with that like he did? Like instead of saying you can't call that penalty on Bradbury at that stage of the game, simply ask yourself, is that a penalty? It it should quell the discussion. Mm-hmm. It really should. It. Because then I don't have to, like, chew up guys and spit them out when, well, you didn't yeah, the, call the this during the – you didn't – so what, what – The response to that would be, well, it, it wasn't called. Like, it, and that, what do you respond to that? What infuriated me about the Bengals-Chiefs game? Well, number one, you, you, if you're arguing whether 
calls were made after Mahomes got hit out of bounds that weren't called, that is something completely different. That's consistency. That you're talking about consistency. You're not saying that Mahomes' play out of bounds was not a penalty because it clearly was. So when you can see things like that and you know it's a penalty, don't be one of those people that worries about when it happens in a game. Mm-hmm. Because you're not going to – at the end of the day, I don't care former, if you played or not. If I don't care who it is. You're not going to win that argument, right? Because then you get into, well, you called a holding here. You didn't call it here. Do you want holding called on every play? Well, they call holding on every play. Oh, my gosh, Mixon ran out of bounds, and they didn't call a late hit. And all I could think of in my head was – where were you guys during the Miami-Buffalo game when a quarterback gets hit going out of bounds and on the broadcast they say he gave himself up, we get no call? Like, Cincinnati is more don't, than for real. Don't, don't, get, don't go into that back and forth. Look at what you see and then see if that's a penalty or not. You're never going to land at a consensus if you're worried about what they called when and when they didn't call it. Just simply say what Travis said. We want consistency. Don't Because if you say it at the end, after you've been worn mm-hmm. down on a Twitter argument or social media or with your buddies at the bar or your girlfriends at, uh, you know, the ice house, like, it, it weakens the argument. It's like the guy that moves the, the goalposts. Right. If you want consistency, say, I want consistency. Don't say that wasn't defensive holding on Bradbury. Because it was. And there are a lot better angles out there. than, And I can't believe they fell victim to it. They show you the still from behind of a guy with his hand on his back. So you think it's innocuous. Right. It's weird. But guess what? That's not the same vantage point that the officials have. Yeah, consistency is huge. I mean, it's, it goes back just, to what just I was say, saying. Just, in just my last say that, point. and I'm cool with it. It was what I said in my last point. Like, I called in basketball, uh, if you're up on somebody and you're, you're reaching and you're creating contact away, way away from the hoop, I call it every time. And I do that from the start of the game. By the third quarter, you can see that they're now starting to play the style of basketball that I officiate. Yeah. And it's not like I, you know, I'm trying to be – you know, egotistical by saying something like, oh, yeah, like I'm you're, the guy. You're, I'm you're, the man. You're, you're high tower. Yeah, I'm not trying to be arrogant by saying anything, but, you know, it, it all comes back to con- consistency. Um, aside from that, uh, I did mention our poll question uh, today. Oh, wait. Would it's Brandon Vogel time. Brandon yeah, Vogel's been just waiting for us. Why didn't we? <laughs> oh, that is so sad. That, that is on me, B Vogues. I apologize for that, man. Shane, do you no. have a voice? <laughs> What, I, I what, always what, what do we have a producer for? I always forget through StreamYard to, to check, and I even teased you up. What do we have a I producer a, for? a whole new thing. I think it's the snow, man. I'm so sorry. Shane, are you still mad that you're out here snowblowing at the same time you got to do the show? No, I'm always happy when Brandon's here. Well, then say, hey, we got Brandon. I did that. You guys weren't listening. He's such a Tim I Johnson. I don't think he said anything. Hey, folks, we apologize. Yeah, my bad, man. Um, but, oh, no, wor- no worries. But uh, hey, I, I knew you guys were in for it. So the snow, the snow uh, 
reasoning makes sense to me because when they come into the local Tennessee news, be like, "Man, Nebraska's really getting it today." I knew it was. I knew it was. <laughs> you knew it was bad. This could be record breaking. No, I don't even know. I just said that. <laughs> what month are we in? Feb- no, I don't think we'll break a record so. today. There's probably been some snows in February that have been pretty significant. Know. Hey, Vogel, let's take advantage of you while we can um, because, you know, I... We wasted four minutes. Yeah, I lackadaisically kept moving through we, talking not, points. We, we, I yeah, I guess we. Um, but, you know, let, let's start with this uh, because we saw some movement on the Nebraska roster yesterday. Uh, Anthony leaving, Brown leaving. I, uh, You know, Brown being kind of more of the... The surprise, I would say, just because Anthony was that six-year. Uh, but do you think the deep wide receiving room had anything to do with the news we saw from Alante yesterday? Yeah, I don't, I don't honestly know what to make of that one yet. It's mm. one that surprised me some, too. You know, clearly when, when Mickey Joseph showed up, Alante was somebody who really resonated with what he was looking for from that group and was a guy who'd kind of steadily made gains. You know, it's, I would describe his kind of career to this point as patient for, for lack of a better term. And I don't think, you know, without knowing, you know, what all is going into his decision to be away from the team at the moment, I don't want to imply it's impatient now, but that's why it surprised me. Um, You know, he's, he's a player who's had a lot of promise. Um, I think Nebraska with, with a deep receiving room, like it'll be okay there. But also some of this is particularly in a coaching change season, though this might be true for (laughs) all seasons going forward with the way college football is like, I'm just kind of like, show me the roster on day one of fall camp, and then I'll feel like we, we know what we're working with, actually. Hey, it's funny, too, because in typical fan fashion, it's – and we try to reconcile it, and so often I want to say, gosh, two things can be true at once. Uh, first we were – you know, because on Twitter, it's first we were whining about scholarship numbers, then a guy leaves and we're like, oh, my God, we're freaking out. And I'm like, eh, the truth's probably somewhere in the middle. The coaching staff will tell you they don't expect the Lante Brown situation to happen how it happened, and that wasn't part of the trimming of the fat, right? Like so, and I and and I know whatever comes out of that will, but it's like we try to reconcile one thing versus another, and two things can be true at once. Yeah, we have to get down to the numbers anyway, but that wasn't one of the guys that you wanted to use to get down to the numbers. Yeah, wasn't one that I would have, you know. I don't have an actual list, but somebody I would have on the list of like, yeah, I could see this. Hunter Anthony was somebody mm-hmm. who yeah. just kind of made more sense, um, right? Given given his situation, so yeah, I mean, it's by the time we get to Memorial Day, you'll be past that second transfer window. Like, I think Nebraska's roster is going to look kind of significantly different when we heard about these two um, roster departures. I think made it a little bit more surprising, but there's I'm, I'm preparing for for a handful more in May. Mm-hmm. Vogues, if you had a guess, and we went through this yesterday, uh, who would you say in the 2023 recruiting class, transfer or high school, could or will be Matt Rule's next big find, so to speak, like the next Hassan Reddick, somebody that comes from either the walk-on or you know maybe a little under off the grid, off the grid. Who's going to be his next big find? Oh, let me let me see here think about this for so db yeah db said vincent carroll jackson and i said mj sherman if that gives you any sort of basis to go off of yeah those carroll jackson um i i think would be would be in that group for me um 
boy, I I'm I'm pretty intrigued by by Jaden Doss as as well. He's um, going to be a good player, I think. Yep, um, but I think. Yeah, I think I'd actually go with Eric Fields, um, a player that kind of had had that, you know, strange, <laughs> at least it seemed strange to me, a little bit of recruitment, like he was kind of headed towards Arkansas State and then Nebraska swooped in and early signing day, it's like, oh, he's in kind of towards the end of the day. Um, but but Matt Rule was, he was a guy, Matt Rule signaled, singled out on that initial signing day press conference in December, so. I'm um, and watching his huddle highlights. I, I kind of see it, um, so I think he'd be my pick. When you're talking about the quarterback situation and competition, is that one of those things that you want to see go deep into camp? Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I think it's going to have to a little bit with with, with um, Thompson and Smothers both being a little bit limited. Um, you know, we've heard a little bit from from Rule about. His, his relationship with Sims and, you know, Sims is in a pretty good spot to to display what he can do right away in spring. Um, but, you know, given the amount of football Casey Thompson has played in particular, like I think this is something that, that goes in the fall camp. And, you know, maybe a, if you're two, three, four years into a new a new coaching tenure, I would be a little bit hesitant about taking it that deep, but I'm, I'm not in year one. Vogel, we appreciate your time. Again, our apologies for uh, the short segment here. But um, we'll uh, talk again next week, and I promise it will be for a full 15 minutes. (laughs) We'll be on time without yapping, B. All right, guys. Stay safe. Thanks, Thanks, Vogel. That's Brandon Vogel, managing editor for Hale Varsity. Toss him a follow on Twitter, at Brandon L. Vogel. Coming up, we'll keep talking Nebraska football next. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, welcome back to the show. Top of the hour here on Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers. Do we have a guest? Are we good? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hey, forward. How about Shane? You know why I say Tim Johnson, right? I got a full disclosure. I mean, I send the guest list out. I don't look. See, so he absolves himself of responsibility. He's he, managing the show is not in his job description. Yeah, oh, Sending is. the lineup is why well, manage the show. But though. it is a little harder when you get him in the stream, and I know you guys don't necessarily see that. So I will, I will work harder <laughs> at my job and do better my, my. and uh, get up earlier <laughs> yeah, and Shane. get to work earlier. Shane, if you were and here, less at prep time between between the time where I get up and I, leave Shane, the house. Shane, if you were here at three thirty, this wouldn't have happened. <laughs> yeah. Listen, my man Yuri said, it seems like a lot. I wonder how long it takes him to put on his knee braces, though. So Yuri said that uh, he woke up at 6.30, was out of the door by 7. That includes letting the dog out, using the bathroom himself. (laughs) I'm glad he put that distinction. He didn't go out with the dogs, boss. Uh, Getting dressed, including putting on his knee braces, brushing his teeth, getting water for the day, and getting his coffee. Now he's looking forward to a wonderful walk today. 
But my man Shane was out of the house in 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I I'm like sure to, you've done that once or twice before. Yeah, so like I had, I had if I'm not getting ready for the day, yeah, sure, right? Somebody may say, hey, I need a ride, or can you go grab something, and I'll inevitably throw something on and leave mm-hmm. the house. But I think 15 minutes is a pretty amazing. I had good speed. Like I – I'm kind of. No, I I think that's. As I don't a, think that's that impressive. <laughs> Fifteen minutes. No, I'm not sending bouquets of congratulatory good job. I'm wondering if your hygiene is as suspect oh, okay. as I'm. Right, we're going, as we're you're going leading me to believe, no, got it, right? Got it, got like, it, okay. how do you get everything done in fifteen? In all, minutes? in all honesty, fifteen minutes is pretty impressive because it usually takes me quite a bit just to get up and start moving and and to get up to normal. Right? I, it, it does. It. I mean, I have to get up early and I have to. So here's I have the to deal. Vape and I have to do this. I have and to I, vape. <laughs> That was number one. Hey, let's number one, man. Let's one. get the important things out of the way. I had to vape. I got to have some Mountain Dew in me. Oh, to, that you know, early? Mountain so, Dew? So you don't. You, I go right to the fridge. Because we're, we're totally bare. Shane doesn't move fast at all. In the Every, morning. Everything is in, chill. In the mm-hmm. morning, yes. He plans. He knows the times. Hey, at such and such a time, I'm going to do this. This is when I. I need my vape break. This is when I need to collect my thoughts. I I just don't see you being rushed, right? You're not a guy that I'm a fan of. Yeah, Shane, you could could never commit a crime. So, so I could. could. When he gets up and he takes a peek, because you know the first thing. Do you imagine Shane robbing a bank and he's like, "Hold on, let me vape first. (laughs) The the first thing that Bill Ranby Schillerberg is going to do is check the forecast. Because on Monday, he said, you know we're going to get 6 to 10, right? And I had some snide joke, but after I said it, and I was like, why are you worried about what's happening on Thursday? And he threw his hands up in the air, and he goes, well, it's just that's what they say. And inevitably, what do I say? Who's they? <laughs> and so the I, know when you, I know when your alarm went off this morning. The first thing you did was look to see how much snow was. So once he saw that it was snowing, panic set in. Mm-hmm. He's like, I got to get that little five-speed out on the road. It's a six-speed. <laughs> wow. How many horses? <laughs> the, more, the, more, the, more of a, uh, the more speed you have there, the better of a oh. – you know, you wouldn't want a four-speed. Oh. <sighs> it – He's like a cartoon character. He is. I live in a sitcom. I said that to you yesterday. Not yesterday. I love you, man. That's why I'm I'm always going to – you always got to be where I am. I I just – I can't be without you. He is our George Costanza. I got to have him, man. Me neither. At 443, I did not. I couldn't see anything driving in here. It was all over the road. Shane hey, drives, do you ever Shane, have Shane drives fast? Do you ever too. have a list, either of you guys? Do you ever have a list of things like a checklist of like, hey, I got to do this, 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 and this to accomplish something? Whether it's leaving in the morning or just something throughout your day, do you ever no. like make like a so-called list? Like, hey, I do this first, which will lead to this, which will lead to this. Anything like that? I typically do it in my head. I got it from my dad. I'm not a uh, same way. I don't do speeches. I'm not a list guy, but I do in my head track sequence based on where i'm driving like i'm the guy that's notorious for saying i don't want to have to double back 
I'll do it this time, this way. Even when I grocery shop, I go in order. Just like, and I know full well there's aisles where I'm not getting something. But because I don't make a list, I want to make sure that it's triggered by my thought process. So I'll take every aisle. I'm not a list guy. Shane, do you make like a list, whether it's in your head, on paper? Depends upon what it's for. You go into the grocery store, put it on paper while on the phone. And then, you know, for work, it's kind of in my head. So let's, let's do this. Matt Rule has methods, right? To the madness. He always has methods to the madness. And, you know, as I was reading an article on the Omaha World Herald yesterday, it was written by Evan Bland, a good piece. Yeah, well, it, yeah, it was. I, um, I, I told you, I'm going this is full disclosure. We probably shouldn't just talk about this openly on air. But I still think we need to make him a regular guest. I said that, and I know you were kind of busy. But, Shane, we need to probably work Evan in. He's mm-hmm. way smart. I like him. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that translates to radio. But I think he's fantastic. So here's what Matt Rule's doing right now. He's witnessing things from his office. Thank you for right? your T-H-O-T-S's. So... What he's witnessing is strength and conditioning. Mm -hmm. And it starts like this. The participants move the weights. Then they respond at full effort to verbal commands while in the weight room. This This is what he notices from his window. Players endure the shared adversity. And then the entire group. Is required to start over if one man makes a mistake. Like those were words that Bland used in his piece after talking about rule, uh, uh, just kind of overlooking things from where he can at this point. But rearrange those for me. Hey, for do, a that, second, do that again. Rearrange those. Okay, <laughs> ready? I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do this slow so Shane can follow along. Oh Lord. Participants. Response. Endure. Proceed. Participants' response, endure, proceed. Prep. Matt Rule, in more ways than not, is always prepping. Mm -hmm. I get it. It's pretty clever. I took away that from what the bulk of his thoughts were. I see you compiled in that interview with Bland. Yeah, it's funny you say that because you just in words encapsulated kind of what I've been thinking this whole time. I can't give too much. So um, how do I say this? So there's, there, there's, there's schedules that, that, uh, that come out in March when folks can start getting back on campus. Right? So um, you saw some, you know, Sean Callahan, Bruncey, um, Christofferson, Schaefe, uh, months, and those guys start coming out with visitor lists. Okay. So I happen to live with somebody, uh, in my house that is a little, um, I'd say naive, to the process, right? Because I still think he's one of those people that it's so based on relationships and being relational. 
He, and unfortunately, he gets it from me. He doesn't want to infringe, so he's never going to invite himself. He's he's going to kind of lay in the cut. He he's he's going to watch first. So he asked me yesterday. He said all these recruiting analysts from around wherever are asking me about all these different dates. He goes, "How do they know more than I do?" This is a real story. And I said, "Oh, you know, it's it's their job. They you know they they talk with coaches. They know the." The deals, and he goes. So, am I supposed to? It's a real question. So, am I supposed to wait to be invited, or what do I do? Like, I think you you should get an invite, right? You don't just want to show up. And I'm like, uh, that's not exactly how it works. <laughs> like, you know, I get it. Mm-hmm. But I'm understanding I, like I, the concern there. I get it, but that's not exactly how it works. Like. If you want to go see a campus, then you say, hey, I want to come to your campus, and they'll they'll make arrangements, right? right? Like, trust me on that. Yeah, they know you, so even when they say they don't know you. So I and so a couple of minutes, I think about it for a second, and I'm like, because this is hard for me, and I can't even really believe I'm, I'm dancing around it a little. So I don't really want to get the ball going, because I don't want to be in the deal. You don't want to be influential. But I do know my own kid, and I do know that he's not going to take the initiative if he feels like he's infringing. He's just not. It's, 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 his, it's, his, it's how he plays. It's just his personality. So he will never ask for a ride. It, it's just weird. Like, it has to kind of come down to it, you know. He would rather be asked... Or need a ride. Yeah, or so what he'll do is he'll tell you his schedule for the week and then you fill in the blanks because he doesn't want to come across as burdensome. Mm-hmm. So I have to kind of dance around, hey, coach such and such. <laughs> do, you, do you have a calendar? Do you want to send out? Do you want to do blank just – to get the process started because this is what other schools are doing. So I have to kind of say it like that. And I even said, hey, in a roundabout way. And I say all that to say when you talk about the prep, the P-R-E-P that you just went through, the response that I got embodied that to a T. We like these days, all the days – as much as you can, mm-hmm. this is what we do. This is what we'll be. And I'm just like, so when you said that, I'm like, that's ex- it's pretty astute because that's exactly who I think he is. And I go all the way back when you say prep to leaving to my man when he said, I, I don't like to leave much to chance. And when T-Mac said he's just implementing his system, he's done it before. He's, he has done it. And there's bef- something to be said for been he, there, done that. He's done it before. He kn- Even when he's assessing talent, he has comps and, and visuals that he can compare it to, which is what we were joking about in week two of him even being here, how he was already comping all those guys at the junior days because he has film in his head. <laughs> he has tape in his head because he's 
done it before. And he's always watching tape, too. He's Bro. doing that right now. I mean, the Blaze Gunnarsson, A.J. Rollins thing. Dude, that's what I'm about to say right here. So Matt Rule watched back every Nebraska game and practice He's wild, from man. 2022, spring, fall camp, and in-season, as well as every off-season workout that was filmed. That's what he's been doing. He's familiarizing himself with everybody. But this is who he can't wait to see pad up. What Two names that you just said, Blaze Gunnarsson for one. Five tackles in that reserve role on defense last year, and uh, that was across 12 games. A.J. Rollins, Rollins, excuse me, tight end, 30 offensive snaps last season. And then my favorite that he mentioned at the end is none other than Gabe Irvin Jr., who is one of the most explosive players on the team. That is what Rule said. Guess, guess who doesn't need a babysitter? Gabe, Gabe Irvin. Irvin. And and I've said this before. The reason I like Gabe Irvin is I think he, I mean, he has all the potential in the world to be great. He was a, a starter as a true freshman for a reason. He got hurt. It takes a tough, mature individual to go through rehab, especially a freshman in freshman season, mm-hmm. and then to come back and want to win that spot again and know that you can. But he's also the type of guy that is okay with the role that he was put in last season, and he's still going to fight for that number one spot. Spot on again, and I and I was telling I was telling some stories about some initial visits on campus, and Nebraska put together a player panel, and Gabe Urban was hurt, and Gabe Urban was still on the player panel to meet with prospective players to talk about experiences at the University of Nebraska, which lets me know that even the staff then felt like this is a guy. They can represent us because we like what he's about. I I told a couple of other stories over spring break last year. Some guys kind of took a couple of days. Gabe Irvin is cranking out video of him rehabbing and doing more strength and conditioning on the knee and looking really, really explosive. I get it. Self-starter, highly motivated, doesn't need a babysitter. That's always going to be a guy that Coach Rule gravitates towards. But how about him referencing my guy, A.J. Rollins? And I like Blaze Gunnarsson, too. They told a story about a year and a half ago, no, about a year ago, where Coach Chins was telling me that he felt like all of a sudden last Thanksgiving the light clicked for Blaze Gunnarsson. Kind of got over the hip, like kind of unlocked. He said, DB, I don't know if it was the scar tissue breaking up. I don't know if it's just his confidence, but all of a sudden. And and Coach Chins said, hey, I think we got one with Gunnarsson. So you know it's in there, right? Because highly touted, felt like we won a battle to get him, um, but has has been hurt. He got he was had surgery going into his senior year. So we're just kind of taking time. So that's good. But my guy AJ Rollins, mm-hmm. who I said this was probably what about a month ago, I was like everybody. So you're kind of frumping around about this tight end room. This is before Gilbert and yeah. and Smith Flores. I'm like. They got some guys. Like, I like Borkature. I Like, I think he's yeah, going to get been, better. You've been high on Nate. And I, and I like A.J. Ron. I like Hickman. And you like Fedoni, too. I, I do, because he competes. But A.J. Rollins is a guy, and I kept saying this last year. I'm like, he has way exceeded all the critics' um, expectations coming out of high school. Because I felt like he was kind of in no man's land in high school. 
kind of wanted to utilize him a certain way, but we didn't utilize him like this. And I'm not, listen, hear my heart. I'm not, I'm not criticizing uh, Prep's utilization of him as much as I think he was a guy that had more versatility than what we saw. Sometimes you should put him out wide. Sometimes he's an inline tight end. Shoot, if you're going to move that hammer, my sleeper of the class, sledge inside, once he was moved from tight end, got to get that guy the ball. You got Bullock on the outside. I, they had a ton of Armstead. They had some fellas, I felt like, where they could have really stretched you in the secondary. And I just like Rollins' development. I remember Sean Becton telling me it was Caleb's very first experience being on campus kind of having a day. I don't care anything. I do care. It wasn't about Caleb got to go do his own thing. I'm asking the coaches about other players. And Sean Becton pulled me to the side, and he said, got that little draw. He's like, DB, I think we got one. He's growing up a little bit. I think we got something here. And that's all I needed to know because I felt like Becton is a a really, really good coach, and he's a good evaluator. And he had a fantastic spring last year. Hey, we go to – he's – oh, I'm pumped. Well, and you know what's great is – I'm pumped. when we say something, how much weight does it carry? But when you're reassured yeah. by the head coach, <laughs> yeah. now it starts I, I, to carry some weight. I could just weight. be throwing darts. Right. I was like, well, I think I like him, but is he really good? Or is it right. just because he's good to me? <laughs> exactly. You know, what? something else I, I attach to in this piece. To my poor truck out there. Wow. Yeah, it is covered. Um, <laughs> but this team... This team responds better. This team likes to have fun, right? And you can, you know this team likes to compete with one another because they, they respond better. better to internal competition presented by the other players opposed to the coaches. Why do you think that is? Well, think about what Garrett McGuire and just Evan Cooper have going for them as coaches. Mm-hmm. They have internal competition between one another. You know that's going to be contagious when you talk about other members of this team. And that is... Kind of like what – if I had to guess, and we, I, we can ask Matt Rule, you know, sometime soon about this. If I had to guess, I think Rule likes, like, a, a lot of the times, like, being in front of the camera, so to speak, but also kind of being a fly on the wall with his team, like letting them figure themselves out too, letting them – Letting that competition drive the wagon on figuring out who wants to be here and who doesn't. Oh, that's funny you say that. Uh, you're, you're rolling, man. I kind of like. I, I like. I'm liking your vibe, man. He. I just said last night to another coach at another school. We were talking, and um, he's basically trying to pick my brain about some insights in terms of how to further the recruiting process in our household, but we have a good enough relationship where he he knows I'm going to shoot him straight. So he was asking me about Coach Rule and kind of the secret sauce, and I said, it's not really a secret sauce, but I said, I'm going to tell you something. He does better than anybody that I've ever met, and I mean this. With the exception of maybe one guy, I worked for a guy by the name of Jay Noddle, who possess this ability and could do it on the fly coach rule is spectacular when it comes to sizing you up in a hurry and being very quick on his feet his ability 
to control the, the, the dialogue to get the information that he needs to get from you is top-notch. And he's mastered the art. It, this is early, but it seems like he's mastered the art of letting you think you're in control or kind of, you know, gleaning. He's gleaning some insight from you, but booing it with. He's still learning. He's not. He's he's not blowing smoke like he's not listening. But at the ultimate, at the end of the day, I think he's mastered how to pit it against or with, if he likes some of the information what he knows he's good at. He can process that in a hurry. Oh, you can do this, this, and this. In my head, how does this fit with what I like? Because I'm not going to compromise here, but I do like that part of it. And oh, to accentuate this, I think I can do this here because this is what I know I'm really good at. He can do that at a rapid, rapid rate of speed. So he can be very engaging and listen and insightful all the while while storing in the back of the Rolodex, knowing exactly what he's going to do. He, he's an amazingly quick processor because I think his discernment is good. That's how, and, and by discernment, I mean, he can, he's just got a God, it's just a gift. Like discernment is a great gift because I think he can process and it helps him filter rapidly but he knows and can tell whether he thinks a kid's got a chance or whether he should take a chance based on his initial discernment he's at least early on i'm telling you he's impeccable with that and that natural attrition of weaning down the roster will come oh uh, I, don't, I, mean, I, know, I don't i know everybody out there is like oh my gosh there's so many players on this team how are they going to get there with everything that we just laid out in this segment right here, from start to finish, yeah. the story figures itself out, and the end of the story start. Well, the beginning and the end of the story starts with Matt Rule. Hey, and 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 some guys, you give them enough rope, they'll do their own work. <laughs> they'll weed themselves out. Nebraska basketball, MLB rule changes, a little NFL, maybe a would you rather question. How about a story? All that coming your way in the sports six-pack. Your questions, we have them. It's presented by Zipline Brewing. Stick around. You'll hear Shane's voice again. We all know you love hearing Shane. Sports six-pack. No, Next. no, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Coffee and cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Time now for the Sports Six-Pack on Coffee and Cream with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. Presented by Zipline Brewing Company. Makers of Dear Old Nebraska Brew. The official beer of Nebraska alumni. And that beer is perfect for tailgating. It's Zipline's take on a classic American lager. It's clean, it's crisp, it's easy to drink, and you can try it on tap at... The next Husker basketball game, which is when, DB? Saturday, February 19th. Saturday. Against Maryland. Is it? Is that February 19th? Is that Saturday? I don't know. You put, me on, the, you put me on the spot. I feel 18? like Cam Newton. Shane. Hey, I'm just here so I don't get fined. <laughs> oh, different guy. Different guy. Yeah. Hey, although, it's Sports 6 back time. Although he is a national treasure, though. He is. Are you watching his little outdoors with Marshawn Lynch? Uh, no, but I guess I should be. Uh, go watch the last little snippet online. He 
He's one of my How favorite many, people. What's his Skittle intake like nowadays? I don't know. Uh, but he's like one of my favorite people. It's the Sports Dish Saturday is the 18th. Presented by Zipline Brewing. Thankful to have those of you on TikTok joining us now for this segment. We're also on 590 ESPN Omaha. We are on K4 in about 30 minutes. KFOR. I say K4. I don't think I should. I think it's just KFOR up in Lincoln. And and how does uh, that work? Live on YouTube, live on Twitter. In regards to like... Is that... You like, shouldn't say that? I don't know. It's not my jam. Doug <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> taking wait, a guess. Wait, wait, yeah, I was my told favorite. to say KFOR yeah. and not K4, so I'm assuming uh, that's why. Oh, but, because I think you could get confused with the letter right. versus letters versus the numbers. Correct. Uh, Shane, kick us off. Question number one. Well, Nebraska basketball win two or more games by the end of the regular season. <laughs> regular. <laughs> regular. What? Regular. Like regular pitch, mount up. <laughs> um, I think they have at least one more in them. It's not the question, Drew Dow. Well, it's kind of the answer to the question. I would say. Shane, what was the question again? Andrew seems to be confused. No. Will Nebraska win two or more? So if I say they have at least one more, that would be. I'm a waiting no, for you to land the freaking plane. I know you're going to explain it and rationalize it. Very in long. Your head. I haven't been. I don't even know if I took off. Uh, yes, they'll win two. What games are they winning? I don't know. Two of the three at home. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Won't be at Iowa. We're going to look up on on March the fourth. Yeah. Yeah. I assume that's where all this was going. Whoever yeah. sent that question no. in probably mm-hmm. wanted that. Sorry. I think they have Minnesota. On March the 4th, I'll be in Minnesota. Shane? Do you want a beer? Question number two. How about a beer? <laughs> Absolutely. What's the most ridiculous MLB rule change for 2020? There's a lot of them. Um, I hate the shift change. Like that, I despise that. And, you know, I despise the shift change because these are the best hitters in baseball. I know they're facing off against 90-plus mile-an-hour pitches most of the time and some of the nastiest curveballs that you'll ever see. But if you're a left-handed hitter and you can't poke the ball to the other side of the field, I have no sympathy for you. Zero. Be better. Work on that. Hit it the other direction. Because somebody is playing into your strengths... You're going to now limit their chance just so that you can make somebody else feel better about themselves. Like, I, I, I'm a big, I'm a, I'm big out on that. Andrew Jerome Rogers for rating shifts. <laughs> I'm with you on the shifts. I don't like it either. I think you should be able to go the other way. Um, I think the runner on second rule is. But I'm too. gonna go with the bigger. Bases, they look ridiculous. Yeah, well, it, once they size them up and then people blow them up on Twitter too. Who really knows how big these? So are? if it's just a cup, what is it? A quarter of an inch, I think. Yeah. Um, I like the bang bang plays, and I know it's like hey, safety injury sliding in on stolen bases and stuff. But the bang bang things, I kind of like in baseball. I'm kind of out on the bigger bases. Question number three. Eric Bieniemy deserves to be a head coach. Okay, so when will a team stop overlooking him? <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to start out with that supposition, though. For deserves to be a head yeah. coach? Something's wrong. 
I'm over. Listen, full disclosure. I'm over the Eric Bieniemy thing. I am. There's there's one thing that the 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 the, 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 the back and movement. forth and who's calling plays and who's not. Listen, this man has interviewed a thousand times. If he's good, then somebody's going to hire him. It's not a black thing anymore. Like I'm over it. <laughs> it's not because he's black that he's not getting a job. Something else we're missing. He he either doesn't interview well. I I don't know, but I I'm not going to start with the supposition that BNB should be a head coach. I don't know. Uh, it's hard for me to think that he doesn't have like the interview skills for it because Andy Reid sides with this guy does, all the time. It doesn't like, work. Hey, it doesn't it, work like it, that. It, it, he need he needs it. Like but, he's but good so, enough. But he, so he why does Andy Reid tell his, us when he's argument. when he is or isn't calling plays though? <laughs> I mean, if Andy Reid was such a good guy, like vouch for him. I know you say, "Hey, go like get he a is. job," but don't say. But but then in the same vein, don't let us know. Then let him call plays, right? I, I don't hate your take. I think it's a very a very good take. I didn't even think about. Hey, you must not be a good interviewer. Yeah, something's we're we're definitely missing, what are we missing? something. I mean, time will time will tell, right? Yeah. But I also think as time will come. I I, I do think at <laughs> well, some maybe point, the commanders will say, "Come on down." Yeah, well, to, to be OC. Like, do you really want to move from the Chiefs OC to the Commanders? If you want to prove your worth, sometimes you got to do the darn thing. Maybe. If he want, but if he continues times, to want to be comfortable, then that lets me know too. I mean, a lot of times, though, I mean, you think about what, like, under Bill Belichick, you had a fantastic philosophy off air the other day about when to move, when not to move, when. Oh yeah, there was potential to move to a general manager, right? And you said, "I'm a big believer in and." Making sure that if you're going to move, that the elevation has to be the juice has to be worth the squeeze. Right. I can't remember how you worded it, but it was. I think it was something very tall. Yeah, similar like that. Because I said, if you get too comfortable, get uncomfortable. Um, but yeah, you have to be willing to. It's got to benefit you. That was yeah. That's the thing. So is if 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 it's going to benefit him and he wants a job, then move. Yeah. As my dad would say, the only thing Question that grows under still number is four. dead grass. That's a great one too. Sorry, I was ready to have a beer there. <laughs> After all that. After all your snow blowing. After all the snow blowing, that's hard work. In the preseason <laughs> SP Plus rankings, Nebraska was given a 0.02% chance of going 12. Yeah, they were. Next season. Hell yeah. <laughs> all right, Travis Kelsey. What would you project the actual oh boy, ceiling off a big to be daddy. next season? Uh, their actual ceiling? Yeah. Eight wins. Ceiling, right? I mean, after going three and nine and four and eight, I think eight wins is a, a pretty good ceiling. The ceiling for me would be nine. I think the ceiling is nine. That would be. You could convince me. I don't believe it, but you could. It wouldn't be. It's it's easy to be convinced in in the state. That we're in right now with I think this, football. Because the ceiling is the absolute height, right? Yeah, give me nine for the ceiling. Question number five. Would you rather see your favorite goalie score a goal or see them win a goalie? Win a goalie fight. Oh, goalie fight. Drop the gloves. Binnington against Igor Shesterkin. 
Bennington will win any fight. Shesterkin's a stud. He's a clown. Um, says the blues fan, you make me laugh. <laughs> Somebody asked you yesterday, yeah, Andrew, why are you so sad? Oh, it's a Tarasenko thing. Knowing what well, you were talking to a non-hockey fan, but man, you're all in on the blues. Uh, I'd like to see him stop the puck. Who, Bennington? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Give me the first one, Shane. Question number six. I'm going to say goalie score just because I haven't seen that before. I've seen the goalie fights. haven't seen the score. But number six, what's the craziest and our favorite sports celebrity encounter story you have? Celebrity sport. Oh, for sure. Mine's easy. John Jones in Vegas. He called me little man. And he wasn't even fighting. He was fresh. He had just gotten suspended. I didn't even think he was going to want to take a picture. He said, no problem, little man. So, gotcha. <laughs> Considering I don't want a spinning fist or a kick, I'll, I'll, I'll eat that. For sure, John Jones and Vegas. Mine would be meeting David Eckstein. And it was actually, he was giving a speech on like how his faith helped him throughout his career. I was going to say it like an FCA conference. Maybe. No, walk on all the way, all the way up to... World Series MVP. It was a great story. Um, Coming up next, let's uh, change gears. We're going to talk to Brian Edwards. Coffee and cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Now, Vegas Insider, senior handicapper, and fan of the cold Budweiser bottles, Brian Edwards. It's got to be touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Brian Edwards. I don't really love it. Brian Edwards. Boy, they using the cream cheese to butter the bagel. Brian Edwards. I'm going with the cowgirl. Here is Brian Edwards. Hey, welcome back to the show. It is Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency, alongside Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers, and we are live from the H&H Chevrolet stage at Hale Varsity Club. Now it's time to welcome in our friend Brian Edwards, MajorWager.com, and BrianEdwardsSports.com. It's at VegasBEdwards on Twitter. Brian, good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. What's happening? Hey, B, how are you this morning? I'm doing well. It we looks got, like you're about to game. Like we got about to get on the game. We got about I don't know. Would you say five inches for sure? Oh, at least five. Yeah, we got dumped on. Hey last Shane, go night stand this, outside real this fast. morning, <laughs> B. So I think you're in a better spot than we are. I had the air conditioning going last night, and I <laughs> oh. went out to the I went out to the beach for about 45 minutes yeah. yesterday afternoon. It was like 72. <laughs> And I, I, I asked Alexa what time it was at like, I mean, I'm sorry, what the uh, weather was at about 7.30 last night. And she said it was like 66 degrees. Uh, oh, tough, yeah. tough, hey, yeah. tough well, out so here, you babe. know, I'm driving home with my windows down. <laughs> so joke's on you. <laughs> oh, man, we got a couple of Francis's right out of the gate. St. Francis, you, and then St. Francis, New York, Brooklyn. Burger King. Burger King, right. <laughs> BK. Well, say, if you're capping St. Francis B, that means you're all in on your capping skills. What do we got? So St. Francis is in Merrimack's conference, mm-hmm. and I, I don't remember if I had a Merrimack under with you guys a few weeks back, but uh, Merrimack you, you unders. Did. Okay, they they went well. They're they're cold now. We got off them, but they <laughs> they they cashed they cashed seventeen in a row at one point. 
and two of them were against the St. Francis Brooklyn team. So the Merrimack Unders went cold. And so I started, you know, monitoring the St. Francis team and their unders are on a 14 and four run to improve to 18 and six overall. And we had, we actually had one. I don't, I don't know if we talked about it last week or not, but um, it, it was going to go under easily. It was 123 point total, but it went to overtime at 56, 56. So it was 112 in regulation. It went to overtime. It got to 126. But I came back with it on Saturday again, and it went way under on Saturday. Uh, they had 113 combined on 126.5 point total. This one is 136 uh, because the other St. Francis uh, plays a little more high tempo. But I'm going to go under on it anyway. And for some reason, the St. Francis Brooklyn team, they play at 2 o'clock in the afternoon on Thursdays. I don't know if it's a snow thing. Uh, let's play in the afternoon. I don't know why. I don't care. But it's a <laughs> 2 o'clock tip, and I'm on the under. Hey, Mary Mary, quite contrary. How does the you, snow blow? You talk one Mary to another, Loyola Mary Mount. <laughs> and yes. uh, they are taking on the Zags today, that one at 10 p.m., uh, at least where we're from. And, uh, you know, this is an LMU team that just took down St. Mary's. So uh, seeing as they are plus eight, it, do you really believe that they can continue to turn heads again? Because they did beat Gonzaga already once this year. <coughs> I, I do, and I know uh, Gonzaga's got the uh, revenge angle here. Uh, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is Loyola Marymount's best team uh, since that magical Elite Eight run in 1990 with uh, Gathers and Kimball, Jeff Fryer, and uh, all that gang. Uh, this team's really good. Uh, they're eight, four, and one against the spread with seven outright wins. Their last 13 is an underdog. They ended that Gonzaga, you know, whatever it was, like 80. Eight or something winning streak at home. They got a kid named Cam Shelton who, in the last eight games, is averaging 26 points per game. He also averages for this whole season 5.6 rebounds, 4.4 points per game. LMU is 11 and two straight up, 10 and two against the spread at home. The Zags are five and two straight up on the road, but one and six against the spread. Again, I know they've got the revenge angle. But they're laying eight here, and LMU has already beaten St. Mary's and Nevada at home, and they're only two home dog spots. St. Mary's and Nevada are going to be in the tournament. The Zags are obviously going to be in the tournament. I'm not against a little money line here tonight as well, but money management purposes, obviously, most of the money at plus eight for LMU, maybe a little little nibble on the money line if you wish. Uh, B, this line doesn't look right. kind of stinks, actually, but it is what it is. Just – one and a half right. as the Terps oh, host the Boilermakers. Maybe it's about matchups. The line seems pretty poor. It 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 screams take Purdue, but you know me. I'm like, eh, bad line. I kind of like the Turtles. Do we fear yeah. the Turtle or do we boiler up? Let's boiler up. Uh, you know, they played really good in West Lafayette. They could have won that game. They lost by three, but easily uh, covered. And kind of like Loyola Marymount, Maryland's just been automatic at home this year. 13-1 and one straight up. They're only lost to UCLA, and that was way back. Uh, if It might have been before Thanksgiving, but it might have been early December. Forgive me. I'm not looking at their page. But they're 10-4 and four against the spread at home. And Maryland's just been a moneymaker all year, 16-9 and nine ATS. Kind of like Gonzaga at Loyola Marymount. Purdue struggled on the road. They're 2-5-1 and one against the spread. I know they're in bounce-back mode here after 
giving up that late lead at Northwestern. But I, I just the Turtles have been good to me at home. I've, I've backed them probably four or five times at home, and uh, I think I'm undefeated doing so. Um, so I'll go Maryland as a home dog. You know, as you look toward the future here, because we are so close to conference championship play, and then, of course, you know, what everybody's looking forward to, March Madness. You like some teams to go the distance and to jump on certain teams now. Let's start with Miami, because Miami's like one of those teams that, at least in my lifetime, has always been like they have high expectations and then they just don't ever get it done, whether it's football, whether it's basketball, whether it's baseball. It always seems like that with the Hurricanes, but you like them this year. Why? Yeah, well, they've got a, a veteran uh, squad that went to the Elite Eight last year, and their future number right now is 50 to 1. So if they were to get that far again, if they were to get to the Elite Eight, you know, we could start doing some hedging to make sure we make a profit. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to win the national title, but at 50 to 1, we can put ourselves in position to make some money off them. Uh, maybe even if they just get to the Sweet 16. But um, right now they have won five in a row. Uh, they go into Chapel Hill the other night, a game North Carolina really needed bad. And Miami goes in there and, and pretty much – Pillar to post. Uh, yeah, pretty much, yeah. Uh, I mean, it wasn't a blowout or anything, but they went by eight and had the lead most of the game. Uh, yeah, and uh, they beat Duke by 22 uh, last week. Uh, Clemson's been good at home. They went to Clemson two Saturdays ago and won, and uh, I just think they're playing well, and they, you know, they added Nigel Pack, a really good transfer from K-State, uh, they still got Isaiah Wong, and, and they got a, a, a good chunk of that nucleus uh, from last year, so yeah, I think Miami's worth the shot at 50-1, to 1. I'm not talking about risking a lot of money by any means, but uh, maybe throw a little bit out there. At one point, I thought this was the best team in the country, and I'm still a little nervous about their backcourt, but mm -hmm. you don't have to talk long to sell me on UConn's potential. Some would argue they've underachieved given the roster. You like them as a nice little long shot on the on the against the odds. Yeah, so in uh, November and December, Damon, I think we'll all agree, they were the best team in, in the country in November December. Then they went into a little five-week funk, uh, a bad one, and uh, and they didn't really snap out of it. And my, I mean, look, they, there was really no shame in losing, you know, at Marquette and at Xavier and, all, you know, they were losing to good teams, but – they got it back together in that Marquette game last week, and Marquette was on fire, and they just blew Marquette out, like you said, pillar to post. Uh, that was a blowout, unlike Miami, North Carolina. That was a blowout. And uh, I thought they looked like they did in November, December last week against Marquette. Now, then they go out out where you guys are to Omaha and lose by three. But, I mean, that was Creighton's eighth straight win. No shame in that one. I mean, they couldn't get any buckets. Um, I think it was a 56-53 final. Yeah. But yeah, I, what like I that. saw in no, what I saw November, December, and last week, and then I saw now they're thirty to one. They were down to ten to one, you know, in early January. I think there's a chance they get it back together. They've got potential. So again, not talking about risking a lot of money, but I think UConn at thirty to one. They were a Final Four looking team November, December, and last week against Marquette. So maybe they can make a run. We'll see. Talking about teams making a run is uh, my last question before we let you go, Brian. Uh, Providence uh, has kind of been turning some heads, and Hopkins has been one of the best players, not only just in the Big East, but all of college basketball. And then they do have a very nice backcourt as well. But at 100-1, to 1, those seem like some pretty juicy odds for that Friars team. 
Yeah, and look, I, I worry about them because they just play so well at home and, and aren't that great on the road. But they, you know, everybody called them a fraud all last season, and they made it to the Sweet 16. They made it to the Sweet 16 this year. We're holding a 100-to-1 ticket. We're going to start hedging right there. We're going to take the team they're playing odds to win that region, maybe take that team's odds to win it all. And hopefully Providence will be favored. We'll take the other team in that game. And from 100 to 1, we can make some money if they make the Sweet 16. Mm, always thinking. I like the hedge game. You know, for me, I feel like I, I pride uh, myself on knowing sports betting. But I always learn something when I talk to you, Brian. Thanks so much for joining the show, and we'll talk again next week. Stay warm, fellas. Thanks oh, for having yeah, me. Thanks, thanks, B. Yeah, we need it. We My need man it. turned on the, the AC last night. We need the heat. I need some heat in the sports betting column, and I need some heat outside or – Maybe in my car. I don't know. My car is under snow right now. Yeah, still coming down. Is that eh? an igloo out there or is that my car? I can't tell. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, Brian Edwards, MajorWager.com and BrianEdwardsSports.com. We always appreciate having him. Coming up, we're going to talk to Michael Brunt, senior writer for Husker 24-7 to open up the 9 o'clock hour. If you are tuning in in Lincoln, hey, guess what? KFOR starts from 9 to 10. We'll be there. We'll be on 590 still, live on Twitter, live on YouTube. We always are happy to have you with us on the show. If you want to get involved, give us a call. More coffee and cream next. Coffee and cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. 9 o'clock hour here on Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency, Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers. And we are live from the H&H Chevrolet stage at Hale Varsity Club. The snow did not scare us away this morning. Happy to have you with us if you're joining us in Lincoln uh, from the 9 to 10 o'clock hour. We appreciate you joining the show. And also for those of you that have been with us from start to finish here in Omaha and beyond, whether it's been on Twitter, on YouTube, streaming, we appreciate having you here. It's a Toy Story reference in Infinity To Infinity and Beyond? beyond? Yeah. Nice work. Buzz Lightyear over to my left. Um, do you have Andy written on the bottom of your nope, shoe? No, no, no. I'm over Andy. He, he, oh, yeah, he, he, he cooked it out of there. But they are making a fifth one. Well, who knows that? I'm over Andy. Yeah, I'm over Andy. Let's ask Brunson. He's, 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 a, he's a parent. He can do the <laughs> yeah, Toy Story join, thing. Joining the show, Michael Brunson, now senior writer for Husker 24-7. We love having Brunson on with us because he's got such great versatility. He can talk football, basketball, baseball, recruiting, and apparently now he can talk Disney movies, according to <laughs> DB, because he is a parent. Michael, good morning. How old is Andy now? He's got to be like 35. <laughs> yeah, well, you're right, because he went to college in Toy Story 4. And so if we're going to five, and, you know, let's just go off Andy's age, right? Because when he first started, how old was Andy? Like eight? Eight. And then Andy was what in Toy Story 2? Does Toy Story need a five, Bruncey? I don't know. It's like Andy's going to be figuring out what Medicare plan he needs. <laughs> That's how old he is. The grand, Andy the grandparent playing with passed on down toys. And what, plus, once they made the spinoff of Lightyear, they probably should have yeah. moved on, right? And why didn't he keep the toys? Because he could have made a lot of money at his age now. <laughs> <laughs> Andy's trying to really pump up his 401k <laughs> to, toys, uh, to try to help to make up for that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Speaking of pumping up the 401k, you know who doesn't have to worry about a buyout now? It's Coach Hoiberg. He's, he's good. 
But let me ask you something, Brunson, because we debated this last week and a, a little before that when they kind of started to turn the corner. How many times do you think, do you look at Coach Hoiberg resetting this roster since the end of last season? Uh, well, this is what probably the, we're, we're like the third reset, Th- yeah, I yep, guess. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you kind of had the first wave of, of initially when you had everybody, and then you kind of started dealing with the injuries uh, to, to Gary and, and Bandamel, and, and now, you know, you, you've got, you know, Wiltshire back in the starting lineup a little bit, and Casey, uh, you know, doing Casey things. I mean, it, it's uh, I, this is probably the most fun of the three resets, I think. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, that, that game the other night, you just got to give him a ton of credit. I mean, that that was a really well coached game. I thought, and and I, I think what you're seeing over the last, I don't know, three four games, uh, kind of when they they've been playing a little bit better, is you're really seeing, um, you know, the work that Fred can do um, with, with the roster. And you know, I, I think I think what helps is when you have buy in from everybody. I think personality wise, this team. Um, you know, would would have handled this situation significantly better than any of his other groups. So, um, it, it, they're really doing a good job as a coaching staff right now, get uh, getting that team ready. Let me just use three of the uh, examples. Two of you just gave Wiltshire back into the starting lineup, which you don't do if the buy-in and the culture isn't good. The evolution of Tomanaga, you stayed with him when he was as polarizing a player as Nebraska had seen in a while, and. Maybe it's because you you have a good relationship with him because he's your son, but the yo-yo up and downness of how to utilize Sam, you don't do that without having the culture be pretty healthy, do you? No, I don't think so. I mean, I, I think uh, you know it, it's a team that likes playing with each other, and I, I think that that's obvious in the way that they play. I mean, you know, with, with the way that they share the ball, the, the way that you have a team playing team defense um, pretty much all year. I mean, I, I think that's been there. And you, you don't do that if you don't have a, a, a roster that's in a good good place mentally. I mean, we, we've seen what, what, what happens when, you know, you, you get a roster that's kind of playing for me. You know, you, you kind of you, you give up a 10-0 run, and then all of a sudden everybody's, you know, the, the game plan's out the window. Guys are kind of doing whatever they're going to do on offense. But, um, no, I mean, I, I think it, it's been impressive the way that they've kind of made things work, some of the lineups that they've used. I mean, they've, um, you know, even just the way that they've kind of weathered any kind of foul trouble that Derek Walker's had, um, you know, because that, that's a, a significant loss anytime he's not on the floor. Um, you know, I, I think they've done a pretty good job of handling everything. And, and it helps, too, I think, that, you know, this is still a relatively, you know, veteran roster. I know you've got the, you know, the, the, the young guys at Lawrence and, and Dawson that are, are contributing, but I, I think these are, you know, some older guys that have been through it and kind of understand how you have to kind of get the car over the finish line at the end of the game, and, and that's what you saw against Rutgers. They were just really unflappable in that game. I'm happy you kind of made sense of what Nebraska basketball has been 
over the last four games because for me it was like I can't figure it out. I can't figure out how the fight down two starters, um, you know, the confidence that is beaming off this group, the positive mantra of the fans. Uh, I mean, it's just a good time to be a member of Nebraska basketball. To, but to maybe further that point of where you were going there with, with culture and buy-in, you know, earlier this week we talked to Will Bolt and we – talked a little bit about sweat equity and having some of that um, at least at the start of the season but DB kind of put it perfectly they've been kind of resetting throughout the season I mean how important has sweat equity been to this group up until this point with all they've had to overcome Mm. yeah I mean I I think you know it's probably a a little bit of a confidence builder too right when when you when you've been through it and you know you, you win some of those those games that, uh, you know, you're, you're not expected to, I, I think that kind of builds on itself a little bit. And, um, you know, I, I just think, you know, having, having the, the veterans at certain spots, it, it really helps you. I mean, I, I think that's the thing about Walker with, with Grizel. I mean, those guys are just, they're steady players. And, you know, the, the Big Ten is a league, and especially this year it feels like, where if you can kind of take care of the ball, you can – you know, not not uh, not get sped up, and neither of those guys do. I, I think that gives you a chance at the end of games if you're close. And um, I mean, to, to kind of your point earlier, I mean, you're kind of getting the perfect storm now, where Nebraska's winning a few games. Uh, you know, people that are kind of casual fans are starting to buy tickets for these last few games. I mean, it, that that's something that uh, that you can kind of build on here, you, and you can definitely the the, the, the momentum there is, is definitely palpable right now. How cool is it to kind of watch this unfold with Tomonaga where, I mean, he used to drive me up the wall, right? But his, <laughs> you got to give him the evolution in him understanding the offense and where to be in his basketball IQ. I mean, heck, it, I mean, testament to the staff, right, for, for drawing up plays, but now you see him not as reluctant. He gets, he can be a back cut. He moves. He can get to open spots. He'll shoot twos. Like some of that is a lot of that is on Kase too. It's not just simply here you have the reins. His IQ has increased dramatically. Yeah, no, I, I think he's he's kind of figured out the Big Ten, um, and, and and I I think it, it's it's almost too bad for for you know if you really appreciate basketball that if you're watching on TV you can't always really see what he's doing away from the ball because. You know that that that's where he's you know really elite is setting up cuts like you mm-hmm. said, and now you're starting to see him getting into the lane and he's finishing at the rim and you're seeing more of a more of a complete well-rounded game that I think he always had. Um, you know, just kind of based on what he had done internationally, that was there. Um, but you know, I, I think Nebraska's trusting him too, um, and and I I think it's, it's funny. I mean, you go back to the summer. And, you know, he's over in Japan and, you know, some people are kind of wondering like, okay, well, would, would this team be better off if maybe he just, you know, signed a, a pro contract and, and stayed over there? But, um, you know, I, I think uh, you, you do have to give some credit to the coaching staff for continuing to go to him, kind of trusting him through the, you know, the long misses, the shots that um, you, you kind of go, oh, no, 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 no. And then it goes in and you're like, okay, that, that, that's, you know, great shot. But, um you know, his, his rise, um, you know, it has been really fun. And I think it's kind of added to the, you know, just people being, you know, liking watching this team. I mean, that that's part of it is I think it's, it's a really easy team 
uh, to root for in spite of kind of what they've done to this point in the season. We're talking to uh, Michael Brunt. Excuse me, Michael. He is the senior writer for Husker 24-7. And, you know, early on in the show, we were talking a little bit about Matt Rule and his method to the madness of of what he's been at least able to do uh, up to this point as uh, winter workouts are are taking place. And one thing that that I really took away from it all is like as he watches from his window he looks at those participating participating he sees the response to commands in the weight room he then sees how they endure adversity with one another and then he also ended it with how if somebody made a mistake they would start over as a team and when I broke it down earlier on in the show I broke it down to prep participants response endure proceed it always seems like Matt Rule is 10 steps ahead of us when we feel like we match up with him if we played chess with Matt Rule he would checkmate us every single time uh, what does that say just about him as a coach and what he's giving off to the rest of the fan base and the rest of the people here in the state yeah, I mean, I think the the thing that stood out to, to me most, and I think it's kind of along the lines of, of what you're saying, you know, every, everything that Matt Rule has kind of talked about and, and the plan and, and how he's going to do things from, you know, the, the, the coaches that he hired, um, you know, the way that he approached those hires, the way that, you know, they're going to recruit um, to to the way that, you know, they've started doing uh, winter conditioning and, and kind of how they're going to approach things and roster management and all that other stuff. I mean, he's he's followed through on what he said he was going to do. I mean, that, that there's that there's not a lot of things left to happenstance, and I, I think there's a plan there. You know, it's it's worked at other stops. It's it's uh, you know they're not guessing at this thing. They they know what it takes, and you know that they're kind of into that next kind of stretch of the calendar where, you know, guys that are on the roster now are going to need to kind of show what they, they can do and show, show some toughness and, and, you know, kind of they're, they're at that point now where you're trying to figure out who's in, who's out and, and who can, who, who can you win with in September and October. And, you know, I, I think that's been the thing with, with the staff that, that I've been impressed by is, you know, that there's not a lot of smoke and mirrors and they're pretty straightforward about the way they do things. Uh, they're honest about it. And, and you know, I, I think, I, I would hope, I guess, as a player that you would appreciate that as you kind of get into, you know, what's probably the toughest stretch of uh, the, the calendar is, is when you're so far away from football and, and you're having to really be focused and, and dialed in every morning um, in, in those workouts. So uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But, uh you know, I, I think they're getting a pretty good sense right now of where this roster's at and, and who's going to be able to help them when it actually matters in the fall. Bruncey, why do you think we're okay, we at least appear to be okay, whether it's media, the fan base, with all the sports right now, between football, the culture talk is okay. The, the balance in the roster is okay. We're okay with basketball where we can talk about the cultural resets and... and it, especially in particular with baseball where we say, gosh, you know what, I don't know if Coach Bolt really loved coaching that team last year in terms of their chemistry and how a concerted effort he's made this year and the versatility they have. Why do you think we seem to be so trusting right now of the mixing of the ingredients 
at this stage in the respective sports as a as a fan base? I don't know. I mean, I do you get I, that I sense, know. or I don't want to put words in your mouth. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think to a degree, there's some comfort with the conversation, and I when you kind of go through the sports and you kind of look at you know what what happened you know with basketball in years past and and you know and you kind of compare it to the, the way that this team this year is i mean you can you can see the difference mm-hmm. um and and so it's not just you know off season talk about you know what what matters and and how you build a team and all that other stuff um you know that there's there's some pretty obvious um re- results and impact of of those conversations that are playing out on the court. I mean, the baseball is kind of the same way. We haven't really seen it with this year's group. Uh, if it'll matter much, but you know, the, the difference from the the previous year's team that won the Big Ten championship to last year's team, I mean, if, if you were around them at all, you could feel it. I mean, it was just it was just different. And you know, I, I think with football, you know, we you kind of have that conversation every time there's a, a new coach, right? I mean, it's, <laughs> they're coming in. They're doing their thing. I mean, to, to go off of your metaphor, I mean, you're kind of in the, the 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 cooking stage now. You haven't seen what the final product is, so yeah, we can talk about some ingredients and you know how long you got to put things in the oven and that kind of thing. I mean, it, it's a little less of a uh, a little less of a, a conversation, I think, uh, until you know you're, you're towards the end and, and things are going bad. But you know, right now, I think it's you know you're you're building a program and especially with football i mean you're doing it in a much different way than maybe what's been done the last few coaching staff so i think that's maybe why you know people are willing to to talk about it so much and i i think you know the thing about matt rule is is he's not talking about those kinds of things and just buzzwords either i mean he's he's actually when he talks about it he gets into it a little bit and, and kind of gives the the why behind the, the reason that they do some of the things that they do. So I think that's that's why you're willing to have that conversation a little bit more now. As we look into Nebraska baseball this weekend, Coach Bolt letting us know who is going to be in that rotation at least right away. You have Emmett, then you have Jason, you have Caleb, um, and it kind of goes in that order. Uh, a couple of questions here wrapped into one. Do you predict that will be – the everyday, I guess the usual Friday to Sunday, at least for the time being with those three guys. And then uh, it, just speaking to Friday, do you think it's always going to be Olsen or do you believe it could be interchangeable early on? Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I don't know that I would ever bet much money on uh, weekend rotations holding all the way through a season, but um, I, I know with, with – with Olsen and Kaminska, the, the staff really does view them as kind of interchangeable, interchangeable options. I think they like what Olsen's done um, as that Friday night guy and, and the weekend starter from, from the way he kind of finished last year. So he's the guy that gets the ball uh, right away. But I, I know they view Kaminska as kind of the, you know, a guy that could be a Friday night guy if they, if they need him to. I think they kind of like having a lefty on Friday nights um, just to kind of mess with opponents' lineups and, controlling the running game and that kind of thing. But, um, you know, the, the, the thing about this roster this year is they, they have more options. I mean, you, you go down the list of yep. um, who they've got on their roster. I mean, they've got, I want to say, six or seven guys that have been uh, weekend starters at either Nebraska or other uh, Division One programs in their careers. So they can kind of mix and match if they need to. But 
uh, you know, for a guy like Emmett Olsen, I mean, he's, he's, you know, lefty, big, powerful lefty. Uh, ever since he's been on campus, the velocity has been ticking up. He's got some good secondary pitches. So that they like kind of what he can do uh, mentality wise and, and setting the tone for the weekend. So we'll see if that, that holds, but uh, you know, I, I do think that that trio is probably what you'll see uh, at least through the first couple weekends. Um, you know, I know with Caleb Clark, he's a true freshman, but um, for, from everything they've said, you know, he's mature beyond his years. Uh, he's played some international baseball too, being from Canada and, and some international competition. So he's pretty, uh, pretty dialed in, but, um, you know, I, I think that's their three for now. Um, and, and we'll see, you know, how, how that group kind of holds up. But, I mean, Will even said yesterday that, you know, his mind, Olsen and Kaminska could flip-flop uh, just based on how they've been so far this spring. It's interesting you say that because then I go to the three on the back end with Buns and uh, he's healthy, Perry's healthy. We know about Shannon coming back. He's got an older group. How important do you think this offseason was and kind of all their bonding and getting to know you's Knowing that they're gonna, they could be flexible on any given night. They could play a couple of different ways on offense, as you know. Certainly have flexibility on the bump. Some nights it just may not be your night, man. The the off season in terms of playing for one another could be critical. You think? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, they they've got what I think Will said twelve or thirteen guys in the lineup that they feel like start i mean they didn't have that at all last year or even the year before that um you know they, they can get on the mound they can get lefty out of the bullpen uh which, which they couldn't as much last year especially after buns and, and perry got hurt so you know this is uh you know this is a group where they're going to mix and match and i also think it, you know they're not they're also not going to wait for guys to kind of find their footing I mean, yeah. that's not the way that this coaching staff operates by any means um you know they're not doing the tryout thing the first couple weekends they need guys that can step in right away and and play and and deliver and um you know i I think that they've got enough options now where if a guy's just not seeing it um they're not gonna you know leave him in there for a few at bats to see if he can find it i mean they're they're gonna go to the bench they're gonna go to the bullpen and uh you know that they have that mix i think of of veteran guys where, you know, the, the guy that you're going to have coming in as a pitch hitter is, is not going to be a, a freshman who's up there, you know, with his knees knocking, trying to figure out college pitching. I mean, it's going to be a, a guy that's been through it a little bit. And that's, uh, you know, that, that was the point this off season was that the culture thing, but they also wanted to get older and experienced and that's what they've done. You talked about them not having to be patient. What do you, what do you, uh, what do you envision happening with Drew Christo? Uh, well, I mean, he had a rough freshman year. Yep. Um, there's no sugarcoating that. And, you know, the thing with him was you, you needed to have a, a secondary pitch that, that played up in college. And I know that's been something that he's been working on a lot. Um, they liked what he did at the end of the fall. Um, from what I've, from what I've heard, mm-hmm. um, he's been pretty good, uh, this spring as well. They've really liked what he's done. I think for him too, and, and this this isn't just you know Drew Cristo. I think it's a lot of college pitchers. I think there's kind of a, a mentality that you kind of have to flip that switch a little bit. And I think he's a little bit more comfortable on the mound um, that this spring. They're they're going to go to him uh, as a bullpen option. Yeah. And uh, you know he throws a heavy fastball. He always has. And uh, you know he, he's another big arm that they've got that they can bring out of the bullpen. I think there's a little bit more confidence 
from the coaching staff's point of view that he's going to go in there and, and get outs now that maybe wasn't there last year. Brunch, what would a successful opening weekend look like to you? Um, well, I mean, aside from the win-loss thing, I, I think you do need to kind of figure out what your, your roles in that pitching staff look like. I mean, you've, you've, you've got your three starters, and you know they're going to have to figure out somebody for Monday. But um, you know, how do you get that ball from your starters to Shannon at the back of the bullpen? I, I think that that's – if you can get that figured out a little bit, I, I think that's a good sign. Um, you just look at what this team did at the plate last year. I mean, you, you need to have a little bit more competitive at bats, one through nine. Um, if you get that, I, I think that's a, a positive sign for this team. I think they feel like they're, um, you know, a little bit more dangerous up and down the lineup this year. We'll see if that holds. Um, and then, you know, just, just kind of playing good baseball. I mean, I, it, it's always tough when you're, you know, going, going to a warm climate to, you know, kind of hit the ground running. But, um, you know, the staff schedules in a way that if you win the, the opening, you know, two or three series, uh, to start the season, it's going to set you up well for the end of the year. So um, just a, a fast start, I think, would be the, the best uh, the best you could probably hope for from this weekend and, and uh, to kind of build into what are going to be two tough series uh, the, the, the following two weekends, going to South Alabama and then that's uh, the tournament up in Minnesota where you've got two SEC clubs in, uh, in Hawaii in, in, uh, in the Dome. Yeah, uh, you talking about that Monday? I'm curious. Let's keep an eye on Rizzo together because I keep hearing good things about him. They got a ton of versatility for a, f- a fourth and a fifth guy. Man, it's going to be fun to sort out. Yeah, yeah, they they definitely got options, and and they're gonna they're gonna play to win on, on in those first three days. So we'll see who's uh, left on Monday. Michael, we appreciate your time, man. Thanks so much, and we'll talk again soon. Thanks, guys. Take care. Thanks, Bruncey. Michael Brunt, senior writer for Husker twenty four seven. When we come back. We'll transition to the NFL next. And Crane with Rodgers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Hey, before we go any further, I want to make a quick note about something that just came across my timeline on social media. I want to uh, talk about how our hearts go out to the Omaha hockey community as they mourn the passing of assistant coach Paul Gerard. Uh, my interactions with Coach were always incredible. I mean, he was very soft-spoken, kind person, very kind, um, and uh, we are just. Uh, I wanted to say that I'll be praying for his family, the team, and uh, the Omaha hockey community because uh, that's a good one. That's a good one that 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 left too early. Good um, man. Gosh, it's so tough. Like. Man, I get it. Um, you know, life comes and goes, and, and uh, it can happen in a hurry unexpectedly. And when you're doing live radio, um, I mean, it's just those it, those things can be tough. Well, it just it hits you like a curve. Yeah, taking a curveball. Um, so um, outside of that, um, again, just want to say that we're. We're praying for his family. We're thinking of everybody in the Omaha hockey community. And, um, you know, coach was sick. So uh, just just tough, tough news to see on, on a Thursday morning. Um, but collecting myself, switching gears, we were talking a little bit about the NFL DB um, in the sports six-pack. And uh, we had mentioned Coach Enemy. 
And uh, you brought up some good points about uh, why he hasn't become a head coach. And this is maybe uh, right. It, it was all um, speculatory speculation, right? It was after Shane Steichen went to the Colts. He was the OC over in Philly. The DC, Jonathan Gannon goes to the Cardinals. Nick Sirianni has a Nick Saban problem now, uh, which I would think is a good problem to have. I mean, it showed that your team must have been pretty good for your guys to, to bounce like Speaking that. Speaking of which, how about Saban just hiring Wisenhunt? Yeah. Another thing. <laughs> I mean, we could talk not even just NFL movement oh, and coaches. Geez. We can talk about that in college, too. Uh, how about the promotion of Bobo the Clown down in uh, down in Georgia? I like calling Bobo. 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 It's oh, not oh. really an actual clown. They didn't hire the clown. It, be His Mike. last name is Bobo. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, it's crazy to see uh, all, all of these new coaching hires. And it, you know what's really weird and kind of humorous is the Colts hiring Jeff Saturday halfway through the year um, as, as an interim guy out of nowhere, almost as if he was a media stunt. And then they go out and actually get a coach. Uh, that's that's weird to me that Jeff Saturday was even you know somebody that they that they put in that role. Like, why not promote an OC to be an interim? Why not promote like the associate head coach to be interim or whatever it is? Jeff Saturday out of out of all places, and then you go out and get Shane Steichen. That's a good hire. What are though? the Colts doing? <laughs> that's a good hire. That is, yeah, not Jeff Saturday. Oh, they needed a placeholder. That's why you promote somebody internally that yeah, knows but, the team. But here's the here's the thing, though. What if there weren't folks that really were going to embrace that role that could continue to either call plays or have their function and be a head coach? The simple duality of doing multiple jobs because you did one is not are you telling me bill o'brien didn't do a good job in houston i'm just saying that sometimes multitasking with multiple roles isn't a thing a lot of times we don't we've seen a lot of good quality lifelong coaches give up play calling on either the offensive or defensive side of the ball because it was simply too much now I feel like we've come complete circle with what's bugging me about the whole Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy <laughs> thing, but it does bug me because I feel like number one, full disclosure, I don't know enough about the conversations that they've had to know who's being disingenuous or who's being a straight shooter or what the relationship is, but they appear to be very productive working together that I know for sure who calls plays when and who doesn't I'm not sure I've I've I feel like Andy Reid gets all the credit no matter what well and he's not afraid to let you know when he is the one calling plays versus when he's not but I also know that there are some players that have come out of that organization that I've know that have heard directly some say good things about Eric Bieniemy, some don't so I think it adds to the complication of what's really his role with the Kansas City Chiefs. So since I don't know any of that without knowing Eric Bieniemy's coaching style, I can simply say that after 19 attempts at something, or however many he's had, 
it has to be something more than we just don't like Eric Bieniemy. Yeah. I mean, that's is that a safe assumption? I think I'm so. just using I mean, context clues. Yeah, take take how he looks out of the picture. Um, yeah, it's not. It's I, I, I there just, are there are other people that look like him in roles. Um, I just it can't it can't be it can't be a race thing. But what I will say is it's it's it is still bizarre to me that nobody takes a chance on him, regardless, just based off of success. I know it's you're you're talking about a lot of like relationships, right? Like they may be hearing some things like, "Hey, I don't really know if that's going to work out there," and you know that's why the enemy really hasn't had the opportunity yet. But uh, I look back and think about you know when Josh McDaniel went from the Patriots to Vegas. Right. And it was like, why didn't McDaniels go somewhere else? Like, wasn't he, he was in line for some job. It was like Cleveland or what job was he in line for prior to going back to the Patriots? You know what I'm, you yeah. remember what I'm talking about? I can't remember. Was it the Colts? Was it the Colts? It could have been the Colts regardless. You know, I feel like that's kind of a little bit of like situationally similar to Eric Bieniemy. Like you're you're with one of the best quarterbacks. You're running some of the best offense. Uh, at some point, you have to get your shot. At some point, take a chance and see if it maybe, works. Maybe the whole Nathaniel Hackett thing has discouraged some folks this that time. That wouldn't around. shock me. And it's not the first time that an OC that's been connected to a quarterback as Peyton Manning. I mean that's been connected to a quarterback doesn't always get the credit. Now it worked on Frank Reich's behalf, you know, having been the quarterback's coach in Philadelphia before he got the job in Indy. Right. I think, but there, there's a disconnect. I just think that there's something that I'm missing or that we're missing when it comes to the whole NFL interviewing thing with the enemy, because he's had a lot of cracks at it. Next to that, how about and, and what Andy Reid's word means? If Andy Reid says, "Well, I hope you know, Coach Bieniemy gets a job somewhere," he he said, "I was just going to say he said that right after the Super Bowl, but he's he's said that before on multiple times. Uh, that's over. That's why I don't know what a few to, seasons. I don't know exactly what. So to, so then to why keep him, him if if something's like because really I wrong because I do think there's mutual benefit. I do like. I think Bianami and Reed have proven that they're pretty good together, whatever the capacity. Yeah, right. I can understand that. I just, I mean, if you're, or if, maybe Reed's just that good. It doesn't matter who's with him. Yeah, you want to pair yourself up with somebody though that I you mean, get you along know, with. We've had interviews, and I've worked with people that I think are vastly different with me than they are in other places. And probably vice versa. I'm probably vastly different than I was with them. So sometimes, you know, I, I, there's a couple of people that come to mind in terms of that we've done interviews with that aren't always like that on in other interviews. And sometimes it's just the working camaraderie or the history that you have with that person that allows you to interact a certain way. And maybe it's like that with being a man read. I'm, I'm not sure. Something's got to come out though here soon about that. I mean, it, with well, how, what are they, they going to say? But without with what everybody's talking about, like something, somebody's going to say. Who just something. had the meltdown yesterday? Was it speak for you? Uh, oh, it was uh, Herm Edwards. 
Mad Dog and oh, Stephen sure. A. Just went went round and round about the the Andy, and I couldn't. I just scrolled through it on my timeline. I couldn't really hear it because I didn't want to. I was driving number one. You didn't want to hear. I didn't want to pump it through the. And it, and I think the caption was something Stephen A. So you're probably right, you know. But I I think mainly I didn't want to pump it through the Bluetooth while I was driving. I don't know. It, man. It's a weird situation. I I'm still on. I'm the just side not of, gonna overthink it. Right. I'm I, still on the side of it. It's gonna come. Like at some point, it's going to come. With the success that he's having, it, people in the league want success, and Eric Bieniemy was able to have success. Yes, Andy Reid gets most of the credit, if not all of the credit most of the time, and Patrick Mahomes gets it as a player. But you can't overlook Eric Bieniemy and, and put somebody else, yeah. an OC from another playoff team, in that mix. Hey, coming up, we're going to talk to Cody Manquist. Coffee and cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Hey, you may be able to weigh in on opinion throughout the show, whether it's on Twitter, on questions, on maybe our poll question, if you would like to sports bet on Husker games in Nebraska. But the only place that you can really physically weigh in today is over at CHI because we had weigh-ins this morning for state championship wrestling and A and D started at eight. The girls are going at one. B and C will be at one thirty. But uh, the big thing here, DB, is weather. Yeah. Like, I mean, that must have been something else for these guys and girls to get over to CHI. Yeah, today. traveling. I think the. I think yesterday, for the most part, unless you were coming from the south, it was but probably even like manageable. Your hotel today. Oh, I know, I, and I know, and I, I think it was going to be one of the. So the interesting thing will be what happens during the intermissions and the crossovers of the classes, because we kind of wondered if that was going to stay when they started doing the alternate classes during the pandemic, and so uh, will folks stick around? Will businesses right around the area be like swamped as like safe havens? I got a buddy, you know, Tyson, Terry's dad, Ryan. He just gets a hotel across the street. He does it every year. And, you know, he, he just walks back and forth, you know, 100 yards. So I don't know if everybody's capable of doing that, but there's a lot going on. At this time, let's welcome in our next guest. It's Cody Manquist. And he wrestle. It's Cody. He calls the show every now and then, and now he's here as a guest on the biggest weekend in high school uh, wrestling, and uh, it's here in Omaha again over at the CHI. Cody, is that where you are currently? Yes, I am currently down. I had to go into a tunnel because I'm down on the floor right now, so I can talk to you guys. What do you mean? It's loud in there? And the, oh, was, yeah. how do you, So do you like the reception there? I'm sure you can get on the press Wi-Fi, but sometimes it still can be oh, hit yeah. and miss. I, I get on their Wi-Fi. A lot easier. Damon, I had to uh, spend the morning going to pick up your boy Sauter because <laughs> Did You went and picked up Mike Sauter? Yeah, and I got him down here. Did you so. give him a booster seat Getting too? Him home tonight might be different. <laughs> oh, he'll never hear the oh, end of it. Oh, nope. yeah. He wrote in Stetson's booster seat. <laughs> oh, good, good, good. All right. Now on Friday, which is tomorrow, we'll talk to Sauter about how he carpooled. How cool was the Mike Chuck last night? you know, the live event oh, and then getting a chance to it, there was par a part great turnout. Um, it was a lot of fun. There was kind of got a little, uh, 
going a little fast, you know, pace, but it was definitely, definitely enjoyable. It got, you know, I got outnumbered with me being a Gretna guy and all them West Side guys. <laughs> <laughs> Jern, Jernigan made sure to show me off the new rings you guys got yesterday. You know what's great about him, though? He, because he's fantastic. He thanked me on multiple occasions for connecting you two. Like, that's how much he thinks oh, of you. Oh, I love that guy. I talked to him this morning already. He's got a different facial hairdo about every time I see him. Yeah. How do you like that mustache that he's rocking without the beard? He shaved it off. He had that at state duels, but he shaved it off this week. It's 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 a it's a state thing. He changes it up, man. So Andrew was asking me earlier, is it is it the Kale and Joel show or what else are you looking for? Um one wrestler that if people don't know about him already, they will. Cade Ziola, Omaha Scud. Yeah. To, I, I follow his dad on, on social media. He's good friends with Terry and uh, I see a lot of what he does, and he's got good international. He's got good national experience too, man. So it should oh, serve yeah, him well. He's, he's up to like number eleven in the country right now as a sophomore. What about so team titles? I know it's Millard South or Bust in NA. Can we see any sort of upsets in B? Uh, I think it's Scott and Bennington in a run to the finish. But I'm not going to count out Blair, Hastings. Kozad's got a really solid team this year. Uh, Waverly, you know, they're always competitive. They'll be up there. I'm excited for uh, the Class D team race between Aquinas and Elkhorn Valley. Cody, what brackets draw your attention right away? Uh, Class B, 145 and 152. Anyone could win that. And then Class A, 113 and 120. Well, Cody, let me ask Those you something. Let me ask you something, because we've been debating this since, gosh, going all the way back to Metros and talking to some of the coaches. And we talked to Higdon, Ron, Monday or Tuesday. Are you seeing girls wrestling officiated a little tighter now that the the athleticism and the, the wrestling prowess is kind of growing as well? Or is it, can you still tell I, kind I of am. a distinct difference? They, uh, I think, I mean, Every, anything comes with experience, you know, and it's just, technically it's the fourth year with NSWCA, but second year with NSAA and competition's getting better. These girls are starting a lot, you know, a lot earlier. And Tony Vanderpool's doing a lot at Nebraska Wrestling Academy, getting a lot of girls out. Georgie Ivanov, same thing out at Best Wrestler. So they're starting younger. They're getting better. And the refs, I think, are, there's not as much leniency, if that makes sense. Hey, keep it with girls wrestling here, because when we did talk to Ron, uh, we, we kind of went back and forth a little bit about, you know, when, you know, girls wrestling became sanctioned, right? It, it was girls were practicing on guys and a lot of people like didn't like the fact that, you know, they were competing without girls uh, against girls. But, you know, what I learned from stories that uh, I produced uh, over my time in Sioux City, that a lot of the girls that were wrestling liked the competition aspect of going head to head with a guy because uh, it, it kind of it impacted their their so-called toughness and courage to kind of move forward because it's not easy. Uh, let, let's just we'll, we'll be frank. It's not easy to be a, a high school girl in the early goings and saying that you're on the wrestling no. team. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you and, know, the, what what do you think uh, that that helped instill in them? Well, I think the number one thing and I mean, we talked so much today about mental health and what it does for their self-confidence and, you know, what it, 
what it does for them helps build character, helps you know just build a belief in themselves. And I think that's, I mean, that's the big thing with wrestling all around. But another thing is you see some of these girls that, you know, they, they don't fit in in a certain club or they're too short for basketball or they're too short for volleyball, but wrestling's a niche community where they can get in, they can build confidence in themselves. They can make a name for themselves. They can get a scholarship. They, there's so many opportunities from it. Let me ask you something here, Cody, when you're looking at, kind of the, the the growth of the sport locally it's you you follow it nationally you know we've gone back and forth over who covers it well flow wrestling and are they still good and this that and guys coming up we talk history are you continuing to be surprised at the numbers and the growth of the sport um yes and no this year i think the freshman class this year mm-hmm. is loaded there is a lot of talent. Um, but I also think that having the girls is helping build the boys as well, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, it's getting the recognition. It's getting the numbers up. The only issue we have right now is just finding referees. Oh, that's a big one. Yeah, we that, talk that, about, That's yeah. something that we talk about all the time. And that it's it's not just in wrestling. It's all over the place where there's a referee shortage. Yeah. Let, 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 well, let, I know what out and you might know more about this, but like out in central Western Nebraska, they're having referees go yeah. do a three o'clock football game and then go do a seven yeah, that, o'clock football game 10 we, miles away. Yeah. And we've seen it even in the Metro with hoops, we've seen officiating crews double dip do girls and boys. Yeah. Or, and so I, I get that there's a shortage. Let me get you out of here on this, Cody. How do we keep, or is there such a way to keep high school wrestling from growing the way of college now where we just see, such a few number of dominant teams. Um, is it, co- I think a is lot it coaching? That, well, there, and there's a lot of, uh, I don't know how to approach this question with all the open school districts. Kids are going to go where the other, you know, good wrestlers are, where they're going to go to a Millard South. They got great coaching with Nate Olson, Jamie Neely. Um, mm-hmm. And they're going to go to this programs like Omaha Scott with Coach Better. They're going to follow their coaches, mm-hmm. and they're going to follow, honestly, the kids that they're coming up with in clubs. They're going to start making these super teams, and that's something we need to get ahead of. Mm. Cody, we appreciate your time, man. I know you have a very busy day ahead of you, so I wish you all the Are best. You guys coming down yeah, I was going to say, well, hopefully, see you later. It depends on the weather, yeah, but weather it, it will, it'll be after three. Yeah, you should come down because then one of you guys can give Sauter a ride home. <laughs> well, in that case, I think I'm busy. <laughs> Pre- appreciate it, Cody. Yeah, thank you, guys. Hey, you know, he makes a good point, And, you know, when you, actually, your question kind of led me to think of this when you're like, oh, you know, the powerhouses, like, you know, from college to high school. Just talk about, like, the growth of the sport here, right? And, you know, you talk Nebraska and the rest of the Big Ten schools and uh, when – choosing to wrestle like a high school kid is choosing to wrestle over participating in say a more high profile sport. Like in many cases, those are labeled as the football, the basketballs, um, you know, the baseballs of the world, but no, they go to wrestling, which kind of falls second tier. It may not, people may not like say that here in the state of Nebraska because of how strong the programs are and how strong uh, it is collegiately. But I'll tell you what, the success at the collegiate level really fuels the response at the high school level. Yeah, and it's just it's just watching these co- 
and I listen, I get some of the duels are really, really competitive at the collegiate level, but it is so top heavy come nationals. And listen, we've, we've seen it in a lot of sports. Uh, so I'm not like, <gasps> right. I mean, a lot of people want to come play football at, at Omaha Westside. So I get it. It just seems like with, is there a way to, because what we've seen happen in high school is now with the coaching starting to spread out a little and seven on seven and people that are familiar with kids younger, you'll see kids kind of gravitate to some other schools now because they want to follow where some other kids are going and the coaches. So that's getting more spread out. Can that happen in wrestling too? It'll be interesting. Uh, it will be interesting. Hey, thanks for joining us today. We have to close out now, but join Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal later on this afternoon on Hale Varsity Radio. For now, we'll just see you tomorrow on Coffee and Cream. Heard at Sports Radio every weekday morning from 7 to 10 a.m. Join hosts Robbie Lula and Damon Benning and our cast of Heard at Sports personalities as they share their fresh perspectives while keeping you highly entertained. Take a dive into the latest news in all things sports from the pros to right here at home. Catch Heard at Sports Radio with Robbie Lula and Damon Benning 7 to 10 a.m. on air, online, and on podcast. Heard at Sports Radio.